0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Review 2. This time we're Review 2-ing, You two Go Home, live from Slain Castle.
1: Hometown heroes, we are here to be entertained.
0: Which version of Elevation do you think is better? Like psychedelic trousers that have been washed a few too many times. And Bono's glasses get a cheer.
1: These are a better setting to hear that song. Doo-dee, 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 doo-dee. Am, I, is, am I getting too excited over nothing though?
2: absolutely love it as a finishing song.
1: Hello and welcome to Review 2. Today we'll be adding a bonus episode to our series, The Story of U2 Live. I'm Tyler, here with me is Johnny. Say hello, Johnny. Hello. We are two respectable U2 fans, we love talking about that too. And today we will be discussing U2 Go Home, live from Slane Castle Island 2001.
0: <sighs> so Tyler is breathless with anticipation and so are the Review 2 listeners, because it's the return of a very special guest. Is it Steve Lillywhite? Is it Brian Eno? Could it be War? George McCauley? No, hmm. it's Vinny from the episode on Rattlin' Hum from Twickenham and just generally in the background as a review to um not not quite a good U two fan, sort of a semi fan, part time fan. Not just not 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 just a guest, like some some people would describe him as a friend. Yes, also a mate of ours, yes. So Vinny, do you wanna say hello? Hello, it's good to be back. <laughs> Is it? After that interview? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> I'm not sure. I was a bit confusing... Is he a friend? Well, he's, he's, he's a person. Well, I think it's, it's fair to say that you are a big U2 long-term fan. Uh, you got into them the same time as me. Yep. Around about the era that we're talking about here, actually. Mm. Slane era, just early 2000s. But you're maybe not as super fanatical as Tyler and I are.
2: Yeah, i say that. i say that's fair. Well. I think I, I, I dropped off the... Uh, I dropped off a roundabout atomic bomb.
0: Yeah, but you check in everything, everything up to then. I mean, everything up to then yeah. good. And periodically. So what are we doing today then, Tyler? What are we looking at? Well, this this is our most
1: reviewed episode ever. You've been asking for this. You mean requested. Uh, what did I say? Reviewed. Yeah, I'll go with that. It's not even no, gone out yet. A <laughs> most requested episode ever. Uh, we did the story of you two live three years ago. I can't believe it was that long ago. Wow. By uh, hands down my favorite period of review too, I really had a lot of fun doing those those episodes. Yeah. And I think by the by the time we got to elevation, we wanted to give special recognition to Boston. Because yep. it is a great D V D within a tour. And Slain Castle, although it is one of the most famous U two gigs, one of the best U two gigs, it's it didn't really fit in. We didn't. We felt like we'd be covering a lot of ground that we discussed with, yeah. with Boston and the Elevation Tour. So that we, we wanted to leave it a little while, but
0: we didn't expect to leave it quite this long, I don't think. Mm. And it's also one of those gigs that I think would benefit from Vinny's perspective on as well, because Vinny was around at the time when we watched this gig probably the most as teenagers. So did you have it on DVD first, Vinny? Or did you recall? I recorded? think I might have done. I, I had Boston
2: first on DVD, I think. And yep. then Slain. yeah, shortly afterwards. I like, obsessed over Boston for ages. And yep. then obviously Slain was the natural next Next step. Next step, yeah.
0: And it's one of those things that I'm sure Vinny bought the DVD and I borrowed it <laughs> quite a few <laughs> times because, as listeners might know, I'm a bit of a cheapskate. And just coaxing Vinny into buying things that, and that, then what that, I can that, that, make that, that was them.
2: definitely a phenomenon. Xeropha yeah. being another particular favorite for that. Right? Mm, was yeah, a, that, was, that was a suggestion
0: you made once. <laughs> so. Slaying is something that's close to our hearts. It's close to a lot of the Review 2 listeners' hearts. It's something that, as we said, we didn't want to just cover right after Boston. And I think it's good that we have had a breather from it. We've watched it at least twice in the past month or so. So I think we're all geared up and ready to talk about it. Now, we usually go through our live experiences with you 2 in a particular order. Tyler, could you remind us about all the different things that we're going to talk about? Because it's been a while since we've had an actual... uh, an actual live gig. So we talk about the stats. Mm-hmm. We talk about the set. As in the stage. We talk about the swag. That's what they were. And the set list, of course. Yeah. So confusingly, we have the set, and then later on we have the set list. But... Well, well, we could we call that, that the songs, if you want. Yeah, that's fine. The songs <laughs> that they play at the show. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> for, for the layman. So let's cover some basic details then. Let's get into what is Slane Castle. Now, I'm sure a lot of people know exactly what Slane Castle is. It's an incredibly memorable gig that was played on the Elevation Tour. It's a return as well for you two because they played it 20 years earlier in 1981 when they opened for Thin Lizzy, an incredible Irish band, and maybe someone will get round to on Tummel at some point, perhaps. And I just, because you said that, mm-hmm. so I, I realised 81. Yep.
1: 2001? Mm-hmm. 2021? What? 2021? Could, could it happen? Am I, is, am I getting too excited over nothing there? Could could somebody have a word with a band? It's a good idea. Remind yeah. them every 20 years? I yeah. mean, may, maybe not 20 years from now. Yeah. That I, I, that, that could get complicated for yeah, a number of reasons.
0: Accessibility or, reasons. Yeah.
1: It, <laughs> am I a fool for maybe getting excited about that? Is that something
0: that could happen? Possibly. Um, I would be more excited about a Return to Slain gig than an Acton Baby reunion revival tour. Yeah,
1: there's some horribly uh, strong rumours about a A Zoo TV Uh, redo. um, Mm. At Celebration 20th anniversary tour uh 30th anniversary tour surely
0: no, yeah it's a no thanks from me but um if they do it i'd obviously go to it yeah. um right so let's have a let's have a look at the stats then tyler so what what stats do we have for for slain and we'll we'll talk about the story of slain as well because it's become this sort of mythic idea in a lot of fans imagination and something that even though we watched it a lot we probably weren't you weren't aware of many of the details were you been in terms of you know what had gone on in the most... in the recent past, or were you just dimly aware like, of Like Bono's,
2: Bono's dad and that sort of stuff? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that at the time, really. I'll kind of pick that up a bit later on.
0: Yeah, so it's yeah. weird how all those important details that charge the gig, we kind of weren't really fully aware of. I guess this is pre-internet days or no. pre-accessible internet days, I suppose. So that sort of makes sense. Well, I think what what we should do... I'll run for a
1: few, but I think what we should do is maybe put some sound clips of uh the uh u2's beautiful day documentary and just to you know set up the the scene there were over a million people applying for tickets mm. for one show it was just supposed to be the one show and then um the the government had to get involved to get u2 to do another show yeah it's a strange it's a strange situation where the government have to interfere in u2's business u2 are used to interfering in the government's business
0: <laughs> yeah and they, we were watching the clips last night of Um, lines of people standing around, lining up for the gig and not being able to get the tickets. And he had to send... There's a clip of a policeman walking out saying, go home, there are no tickets left. And I think it was to do... The government had to get involved because of... It was unprecedented having two gigs so close together at Slane Castle. And I think they had to get involved to lift certain restrictions or... Do various red tapey sort of things to get the gig actually moving was that is that the general idea? yeah, I, th- I think so. Um obviously, the I mean Adam
1: claims there were ninety thousand people the on on each night on Wikipedia it
0: says eighty thousand each time. Well, I don't
1: know who to believe Wikipedia or Adam Clayton. Wikipedia or Adam Clayton. you decide. um <laughs> but that's a lot of people traveling to to one place. It must be a logistical nightmare just getting people to and from wherever they're coming from, all over Ireland, all over the world, I would imagine. Mm. Uh, obviously, huge benefits in, in terms of tourism, but a logistical nightmare, someone's got to pay for the uh, the police. It's it's huge. It's basically adding
0: another festival a week after they've had a festival. Yeah. Well, let's listen to a couple of those sound clips then from the documentary, but we'll just drop them in here, and we'll be back with you in a moment. In a moment. said moment <laughs> wrong. <laughs>
3: two were no strangers to slain. Some 20 years before, they had been the opening act for another giant of Irish rock, Phil Linnet and Thin Lizzy, and had recorded their breakthrough album, The Unforgettable Fire, in the castle's grand ballroom. Despite the fact that the castle had burned down shortly afterwards, you two were welcomed back with open arms. In every way, this would be a sort of homecoming. All in all, it was a fine plan. But there was one little problem.
4: The tickets went on sale at 7 o'clock this morning. You could buy
2: them online, on the phone, or in the shops. By 7.33, they were all sold out. You are get married Halloween uh, next year. Right. And the girlfriend said, if you two had a date set for that day, what would happen? I said, well, the wedding would be off. I said, we can get married any day. But I said, you two, I said, have to come first.
3: These were just some of the thousands of fans who queued, some for days, to get their hands on the hottest tickets of the year. Put in less than an hour the worst news possible all the tickets are sold out now the easy way out of this little predicament would be to announce another show the band had time in their schedule and there was a massive demand from the public but this is Ireland who says it's supposed to be easy minutes to nine Environment Minister Noel Dempsey has rejected calls for him to intervene to allow for a second U2 concert in Slane this summer it can be done you know it can be done if The government got up off their blinking arses and did something about it. Because people want to go. There's going to be millions of people ringing you on Monday really annoyed because they're not going to be able to get tickets. It's crazy. But the great thing about a democracy is that every four or five years, politicians have to come and ask for their jobs back and with tens of thousands of people wondering what the problem was and with an election looming. The decision by the Taoiseach to intervene in securing a second U2 concert at Slane has come as encouraging news to fans across the country. In case you're thinking about getting excited about it, don't bother, it's already sold out.
1: Sadly, it was always going to be the way. I imagine they could have played a month of gigs almost at Slane and sold them out, so no big surprise.
3: But there wasn't a month of gigs, there were just two. And then before the first one, Bono's father died. The concerts went ahead, but now it all meant just a little bit more.
0: So I hope that gives you a little taste of what was going on at the time of the gig. And what I'm going to do here is I've got my my trusty copy of, of U2 by U2 here. And what I'm going to do is just read out a couple of quotes from what happened because, as we know, this was a time when Bono lost his father. So Adam says it was very difficult burying Bob and then playing at Slane. I have to say, we were back in Dublin to play the biggest shows of the whole tour. Two nights at Slane Castle and Tyler over 180,000 people. So Adam is claiming that it was 90,000 each night.
1: I think what that might be is that they release a certain number number of tickets and then once everything's set up, they release more.
0: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter too much, really, does it? It's only 10,000 people. That's I, pretty just think, I, I, just, I just think some people might find it interesting, that's all. Well, fair enough. Um, the day before the show, August 24th, this is the first show, we attended the funeral in Howth, and we gave Bob a really good send-off. But I found that still lingered as a kind of hangover into the next day and into the show. I think maybe we have been on a roll, and there'd been a lot of momentum, and when Bob was finally buried, it was a bit of a full stop. And in myself, I felt I needed. I needed a bit of contemplation, a bit of quietness away from everything, and that wasn't to be. So what we've got here is the first show had a very sombre mood apparently and the second show, which is according to Adam here, the one that all the footage for the DVD is taken from, all that momentum and energy that comes from, the, from that gig, the second one, is it's night and day from the original gig that was on there. So Larry says, it was 20 years since we played Slane, as we said that when they supported Thin Lizzy, and it was thrilling to go back home into our hometown and play to that many people. But Bob's funeral really felt like the end of an era and took the edge off a huge occasion. The second show, a week later, was completely different. The Irish football team were playing a World Cup qualifier against Holland in Dublin. I went to the match at Lansdowne Road and afterwards helicoptered to the gig. I'm just thinking how rock and roll is that? Just go to go and watch, it, <laughs> the, gig in the, uh, watch the match in the pub and then get helicoptered in. He could have just watched it on the big screens with everyone else, surely. Oh, yeah, Larry Larry Mullen Jr. is
1: just going to... What, you want him to sit at the end of the heart and just on a chair watching the football of everybody else? That was a
0: good shot, weren't it? Oh, yeah, love that. It's very northern, Larry, in this... uh, this Well, I'm not going to do it in an Irish accent. No, please don't. Um, Get rid of it. Not yet, anyway. No, complaints later, please. Um, (laughs) It was quite a trip and quite a day. The football game was shown on the screens at Slane, so if Ireland had lost, there might have been trouble. But Ireland beat Holland 1-0... A team with so many stars, no one really believed that Ireland could possibly win. Jason McAteer scored an amazing goal. It all made for a great gig. After the sadness of the first show, this was, and to uh, quote one of his previous songs, a celebration. We've not really reviewed a celebration before. Maybe we should do that at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. Thanks, lads. That's a quote directly from the band. So
1: um, and I've not got a lot of the stats because we read a lot, a lot of the stats out on Elevation. So if you, if you cur... Go back and listen to the Boston review. It's a great. Can't, re- can't, can't be bothered reading them out it's, again. It's a great review. Um, so
0: very, um, low, very low effort. Though. Yeah, efficient, I efficient the, podcasting.
1: I, I, I in terms of staging, let's talk about the set. The uh, heart ellipse kind of thing was extended. Mm-hmm. It's an extender. Who knew? Um, so, it, but just talking about that, uh, the fact that this second show wasn't supposed to happen, and the first show could have been a bit of a disaster with where the band were personally. Mm. It's kind of another example of everything coming up Millhouse for you too. Just so happens oh, it's all right. You've got another gig and you, you've got another go at this. Mm. And I, I just there's so many times in U2's career where that happens. It, it's like someone's looking after them somewhere.
0: Maybe the big man upstairs, perhaps. What Bono? <laughs> no God. Although I, I guess I he <laughs> can be easily. Confused I do, sometimes. I do confuse the two. Yeah. Um, what I would like to know is if anyone actually went to both of those gigs. Could they tell a palpable difference between the two? Was it actually a somber show? Because I reckon the band probably experienced that as somber, but I'm sure it was an amazing gig both times. The Elevation Tour is such a distillation of so many good elements of a U2 show that I reckon it probably was g- great both nights. You know, I don't think it would have been a downbeat show, but um, if anyone wants to get in touch, if they went to both shows, which would make you a very lucky son of a gun if you managed to get to uh, both shows there, considering how high in demand the tickets were, then uh, just let us know. So we'll be returning to some of those details and they're just going to keep cropping up really I think all the way through the idea that um, you two and uh, were playing a gig at a very meaningful time for them because of Bob's death but also the electricity around that Irish football win as well and also just coming, coming back um, and playing to their tribe to quote Bono. Well not, not just that, they, I I say this with no sense of I I
1: genuinely believe this, at that time they were the biggest band on the planet. Yeah. There was no hotter ticket for for any any show. That album, All That You Can't Leave Behind, really solidified U Two as this huge iconic act. And they weren't old enough to be a legacy act; they were still young and vibrant, and they were having a lot of fun. And I I just think that this shows them playing at their absolute best. There there are other times in U Two's career where I think arguably, you know, they might have had a better album or they might have done a, a better or bigger tour. But this just seems, this seems to crown them as the best band in the, in the world at that point. Yeah,
0: For me, it can't be disputed. Yeah, and then that is... I may be biased. And then that's obviously <laughs> solidified by things like the Super Bowl performance that happened quite soon afterwards and the, the iconic... Memorialization of the nine eleven victims, that sort of thing. So, mm. yeah, I think it was pretty secure here that they were the biggest band. And, and and they were also sort of semi-cool, I would say. I mean, Vinny, thinking back to high school, were you two... Because that was when we got into them. Yeah. Were you too cool at that point? I'm not sure they
2: were ever cool. I don't think we realised how some people of our age thought they were uncool. Yeah. <laughs> at that stage. But, like... Elevation, but well, how, how, how Elevation how, how was How did like you a...
1: see them? Because me and Johnny have, have talked ad, yeah, yeah. ad nauseum about... How we feel about where yeah. we were and uh, at that point, but for you where did where did you two place when you were listening to those songs, and for the first time yeah what what was that like for you um well, all you can't leave behind
2: was like I think that was one of the first albums that. You owned it, didn't you? It's, it's very yeah. first
0: album I bought with yeah. my own money.
2: Yeah, and we just listened to that obsessively for like
0: yeah for like, it was a whole summer. was it a whole summer I think it was a whole summer. Pretty I much, it. I think what we did was play time splitters and put yeah. um. And <laughs> put this this, behind this album yeah.
3: sounds like that album yeah.
1: sounds like summer to me. Yeah, it, it's it's a very it's, if if I look outside and it's a nice sunny day. Yeah, I want to put that album on. I I I'd link the two. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've got loads of memories of like just almost like just not wanting to stop playing it. Like you know like
2: we were at Johnny's house and just like. Mm. I think I sort of bugged you a bit at some point. I was like, Can we just listen to In a Little While again? It's awesome. Like, <laughs> okay. And you're like, No, we need to go and you know, do something. I was <laughs> like, Can we just listen to it one more time?
0: I don't know what would have um, been more important than I don't than I don't, I don't remember time. I don't remember what that thing was that was more about. What important, could have be been
2: but... more important
1: than listening to in a little while? <laughs> There's a
0: statement. Um, listen listening to Ground Beneath Her Feet or Ground Beneath Her Feet?
1: Well, um, so, well according to you it's not on the album, but we're not we won't do that. Let's talk it, about the. the not on the album, it's a bonus track. Let's talk about everybody's favourite feature, the swag. What
0: what are the band were in? Well, the band are decked out in some very iconic um, looks, and I today, um Tal and Vinny can see that I am bedecked in my knockoff Edge Seven shirt. It doesn't have the sequins. It's you mean a, that's not the real thing? No, it's of a very low grade. I don't actually like wearing it, but I'm wearing it just for the sake of the episode. Um, yeah, I think I got it off Etsy or something like that. Someone made a replica. Um, very, very shoddy T-shirt, but I'm wearing it nonetheless. So let's let's start with the Edge then. Very of the moment the fact that he's wearing semi boot cut sequined jeans <laughs> now people these days would think what has he got on but at that time
1: hey that still looks cool to me
0: he and you looks you cool.
1: even in that rubbish knockoff t-shirt i think i still think that looks really cool oh, thank you
0: um but uh, edges has got all the sequins on his jeans and it just brings me back to an era of people wearing you know the, the boot cut jeans and having i just remember having damp Damp bottom of my jeans for about three years or so. Did you did you, did you go boot cut as well, Billy?
1: I went boot cut yeah for a while yeah. yeah I wasn't we... wearing boots. I was just wearing just regular. I've always regular liked, I've always yeah, liked it always to be did. tighter around the ankle.
0: You never went boot cut. I I
1: think once well, you or twice ca- ca- carrot bottoms. But I didn't I didn't appreciate that different a different shoe would have made the the bottom of the 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 jean look a lot better. You know, if I'd worn a boot rather than a a a, a flat sole kind of. So wearing pumps. Yeah, you know, so you know, the s- smart going out shoes. Yeah, probably me dad's.
0: Well, speaking of flat soles, <laughs> someone who uh, who has plenty of soul in this gig is is Bono because he's wearing those big chunky shoes with I believe does it have soul written on the bottom of them? Yeah, yeah. So he's actually got them written on them. And um, we did talk about this quite a lot when we were discussing the gig how um, Bono actually looks. I mean, it might be ca- camera trickery, but for a short man, he's Tyler's height. Um, Five foot seven. <laughs> they um they managed to make Bono look quite tall, but then yeah, as we were saying, he's wearing that those kind of big lifts. chunky shoes. Yeah, but the li- they are lifts. The, the you know they add a good inch or two, I'd say, to his height. Um, so what, no. do, what do we make of Bono's look, Vinny? What do you think of Bono's look in, in this gig? I think it's great. He's all he's all in
1: black, and he's is it all black. His t shirt's like a dark blue sort of thing. Uh, his t shirt is, is actually green. Green. With, what? I've not been paying you know, any attention. It, it looks black because because it's at night, and it, but it's actually green, and it's got uh. Grey or lighter green patterns. And I, I, for a long time, I thought they were the patterns of the album, um, uh, you know, like the, the apples and stuff like that. But I think it's like more military esque kind of patterns. Yeah, their insignia
0: is like captain yeah, and stuff like that. And
1: looks really cool. And I only know that because I wanted a t shirt like that for so long that I, I just would search the internet for pictures of that just to try and see it. Get on Etsy. Get on Etsy, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think this is Bono's coolest jacket. Wow. Um. And just looking into this, I realised that Bono experimented a lot with leather jackets on this tour. There was there was sometimes when he would have kind of like a varsity jacket. Let yeah. it would be leather and that that softer fabric on a varsity jacket. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean,
0: but if you're expecting me to know what uh, it no, is, then I so don't... like
1: he would experiment. Different panels would be leather, you know, mixing up the materials. But this solid leather jacket with the red trim just blows my mind and i remember when vertigo the vertigo tour came around
0: and i saw what bono was wearing and he was like oh it's not as cool as elevation see i kind of i think that it's it's cooler in a more obvious way but yeah this is more iconic as as a look yeah um it's a very maybe it's just because it is sealed into our minds mm. as such an iconic gig but this is these are looks which are not necessarily uh, they're not they're not breaking any sort of major conventions or anything fashion wise but when I think of Edge this is one of his main looks when I think of Bono this is one of his main looks
1: yeah it's what I go to
0: yeah um also very good glasses on um on this one would you agree Talia we you, you and I cool, yeah to...
1: cool gr- cool glasses on this one
2: good because we uh... disagree
0: sometimes about glasses <laughs>
2: Well, that's your that's your domain, both of you. Isn't it? But well, um, what, what do you think? Uh, is he wearing
1: the same glasses in Slane as he's in Boston? Because I thought they looked slightly bluer in Slane, but I might. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. possible. He, he went. He had. He had red, green. He, yeah. he really went through yeah. the motions. It took him a long time to to get to what we would consider yeah. the elevation look. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'll do a special podcast on Bono's wardrobe uh, at some point. Let's talk about Larry. Yeah. Uh, jeans and white T-shirt. Um, so it's Adam a Wait, it's, it's not a, a not. it's not no. um, he's wearing a nice uh, short sleeve shirt yep It's very um, comfortable uh, uh, he's, he's, bit, he's not a bit done low. up as far he's a, b- it's a bit low
2: isn't it? he yeah. I wouldn't wear a shirt that, that low <laughs> he's in good <laughs> plunging shape that line. Yeah, he's, he's in really good shape
0: um, well, uh, yeah Larry's in very good shape um, let's talk about the elephant in the room Yeah, the Adam Clayton yes now this this is what I would say is what Adam would look like if someone invited him round to do some you know, just some grouting or something like that. He's got a boring jumper on, some large military pants on, and I've gotta say he just Where is the vital Adam Clayton that, you know, we we we've grown used to in more recent shows. He's got yeah. some colour in there, though, isn't isn't he isn't it purple his top and
2: he's got his trousers are sort of like colourful and pattern and stuff. I'm Vinny. <laughs> okay, yeah sorry. So, so sorry the, to rub it so in the, uh... <laughs>
1: Uh, you know what? He's never mentioned being colorblind in four years on this podcast, and he's mentioned it in the last two. And now he keeps coming up. up. He fine. won't shut up about it. Um, so he's, <laughs> he's, he's,
2: trying, he's... To, trying to appeal to the colorblind uh, demographic, are not It's His
1: trousers are like a red and black tie dye kind of thing. I yeah, thought, I thought they were camo. No, it's like a it's a it's a bit camo. It's like it's like colorful camo. How it? do you see the world? It's colorful camo. It's like it's got yeah, like
2: a bit, it? psychedelic orangey, purpley stuff on, but it's sort of like faded psychedelic. Like psychedelic trousers that have been washed a few too many times.
0: I just want to remind people that um, this is the most requested show that we've you know we've had, for, <laughs> and this is what you sign up for. the live The live season is us banging on about the U 2s uh, attire for a long time.
1: I, I will sum up Adam Clayton in um, seven words on way, this on this the way, gig. The way he looks at this gig, and I'm a huge Adam Clayton fan. You you know that Adam Clayton has, has come dressed as Eric Clapton as a
0: kids' TV presenter. Yeah, I can see that. Fair enough. So, you're not, um, so you're not, are you a, the Adam apologist or not on this episode? Are you apologizing for Clayton's boringness on this? Uh, I would, I would, I would wear this, but I, only if I was doing cosplay. Yeah, but it's such a boring cosplay, no one knows. Like, you, if you're doing Clayton cosplay, then you're going to want to do Pop aren't you? Yeah. I, used, I mean, or if, early if,
1: Buffon. We used to talk, <laughs> on, the, on the story of U2 Live, we used to talk about um, if U2 ever did action figures, and if they did, like, a series of action figures for the different. Um, eras 100% the elevation set would be the first one I would buy that would be the first one I would want Mm -hmm. I know not Pop Mart. wow but that would be number two but um, Clayton really lets us down with this one yeah why didn't they come out as evil U two from Ele- from the elevation video?
0: That would have been great. Yeah. Do you, think, do
2: you think he's boring? Is he boring though? Is he? He's not dressed I'm, him. He's sort of. It's not quite boring. No, he's, low, but it's a, he's a, low. key He looks a bit boring. Like in in it, I think. <laughs> I, th- I, think I thought he was yeah. really boring when I first. Cause that was the first live first live gig I saw online was Boston, obviously. Yeah. Probably quickly followed by this one. I'm not sure. But then I think. But i Okay, oh, sorry. But then. Yeah, I just got the feeling he was boring, but he wasn't dressed in a boring way. Someone else could wear those clothes and look a bit more wacky, I think. A bit but more.
0: I think it's also the way that he doesn't. I don't think Adam at this point is really using the stage as much as he could have done. And we heard from that clip that I talk, that all that quote that I read out before. That obviously, for good reasons, they were they were still somber, mm. but I just don't think he's very dynamic in this show. And he's become such an incredible dynamic performer in the most recent shows. Um, yeah. That it's yeah. just such a contrast. I, I think I think Adam
1: at this point would have been very happy to, unlike the rest of the band, in many ways, would have been very happy to just go on stage in a cardigan and, I, I, <laughs> and I, sit he, down. He's he's gen. I think he genuinely doesn't care. The only thing he cares about is which bass he's playing. That's it. Mm. At this point, I, I don't think Those thoughts had <laughs> entered his, into his mind. But what do you think I remember when about? Innocence came along and it was like, "What happened to Adam Clayton?" Yeah. I reckon he was troubled at the time, I reckon he was distracted.
0: No, I think I think more so than any of the others. We can't we can't speculate,
1: I think more so than any of the others, he had settled into a, a, a middle age kind of thing. Yeah. He was he was just okay with it. Mm. Whereas everybody else was clinging on to some some aspect of youth. Yeah. Clayton was just like,
0: eh, I don't care. He's going
1: for a walk
2: around
0: the and shopping centre on Saturday. Uh, yeah. And
1: shopping at shopping at Fat Face.
0: Well, that's what that's what it looks like he was doing just before he got on stage. Um and to be fair, Bono's look, yeah, we like it, we think it's cool, but I've seen people watch this and elevation and go, "Ugh, it looks like he's wearing leather trousers." People can't stand his hair. Oh, I love his hair. at the, I was talking to
1: MadFly when we were doing uh, "You Together" at home, and and she, um, she, she's quite partial to a bit of Bono, but doesn't doesn't like the greasy hair on on,
0: on this show. I guess it's because it's not really long, i.e., rattling home, and it's not really short like three hundred and sixty. It's sort of an in between phase. But I always liked this hair and thought it was really cool. Um, but let's probably. But I think it's probably time for us to get onto the actual set list. But before that, um, we decided to get a ceremonial kind of Guinness each, uh, which we are just gonna we're gonna crack and then Tyler can do his usual for innocence to experience things. So Tyler, do you wanna go first or are we, are we all going together? Let's go together. Brilliant, okay, so one, one two, two, three. three. Oh, God, very busy. <laughs> You'd think we've never ever had a can of Guinness. Vinny's is overflowing. Tyler has a mess. lost his marbles. That just went everywhere. <laughs> wow. Worst YouTube fans ever. Can't so even open a gift. My, uh, um, my own palm. Now, we are advocating drinking responsibly. Um, yeah, try not to spill it, on us. Try not to spill it all over yourself. Uh, uh, mine has been poured perfectly, as um, as expected. So, Tyler, can you give us um, your usual, usual motto before we jump into this episode and I play one of my amazing stings? So, from... Well, should I do, run through the set and then we'll do that? Go on, let's put a few more speed bumps
1: in Our final S, run through the set. So, Elevation, Beautiful Day, Until the End of the World, New Year's Day, Out of Control, Sunday Bloody Sunday, Wake Up Dead Man, Stuck in a Moment, Kite, Angel of Harlem, Desire, Staring at the Sun, All I Want is You, Where the Streets Have No Name, Pride in the Name of Love, Bullet the Blue Sky, With or Without You, One Walk On. So, from innocence to experience, join us as we... I normally have something funny to say with this. Uh, uh, I think you
0: said as we elevate last time, so uh, you could... Um, as, as we get slain by you two, go home. So here we go. The first
1: track is Elevation, but I feel like we really need to talk about these opening sh- the shots, the opening scenes. Mm-hmm. The first thing we see is we put the DVD on. Um, I
0: think... We're thrown right into it, aren't we?
1: We, we? we First shot, middle of the crowd. Yep. And I don't think you're even looking at the stage, you're just looking at the audience. Now, that tells me this isn't about just four people on stage. Yeah. This is about everybody that's there that day. And I think when you're in a U2 crowd, and we've been in enough of them, it, it feels like that. It feels like this community spirit. Yeah. And you really, really get a sense of that. And Hamish Hamilton has... I loved Boston. I loved I loved the way Boston is shot. This is outstanding. So just to be clear, Hamish Hamilton... Is the director. Of both. Uh, of both
0: this and uh, Boston. And I think Vertigo as well. Right, okay. Um, so what we've got here set up then right from the beginning is I think maybe a fundamental difference and I'm very happy to be corrected by our uh, friends over in the US of A. I think there's a sort of different feeling to this and I'm really glad that we have... This dual image of the tour, the Elevation tour. Boston is obviously one of our favourite gigs. But it's just a fundamentally different feeling to Slane. And it feels like a very Irish and a very European way of having a gig. And I think there's just more fun in the crowd. That sounds mean to the Americans, but the crowd are... Well, they look a bit more drunk, to be honest. Um...
1: Oh, imagine you've just watched your your national team yeah. qualify for the World Cup, which I'm not. I don't want to be mean to the Irish national team. Doesn't happen every time round. Yeah, that's just factual. You know, it doesn't happen every time round, yeah, you know, and I think even Bono has said in when he's talked about Slane that people didn't really expect them to win that day. Mm. And then Jason McAteer scored scored the goal, and it, so imagine the you're already at a festival. Yeah. They've put football on the screen for you. It it must have been magic that day. I'm not I'm not a huge football fan. Neither of you two are, but we do get swept up in in the football fever of the World Cup every
0: single time. Yeah, exactly. And also, if you look at the front of the DVD cover, what you got there is not an image of the band, but an image Vinny, of the crowd with the Irish flag. Yeah, 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 and they're all they're all stacking up, making a little pyramid together. We've got those wacky mm-hmm. hammers that are inflatable, and the jester hats and stuff like that, um, or maybe they're like I don't know leprechaun hats or something like that. All the um, stereotypical stuff you'd have at this big Irish gig. So this does feel like a very crowd-focused gig, and right from the start, the
1: first few seconds of that DVD, it lets me know that this is not a concert film. This is a documentation of. A live gig, and that's for me. That's a very important distinction. They've not mm. got a load of top of the, well, the. the cameras were probably top of the range, but they're not interested in get getting the very clean shots, making it look, you know, pristine. Yeah, very grainy. This is about this. Honestly, this is as close to being there as, as you can can imagine. They did a really good job. Hamish Hamilton did a really good job of setting the scene and making you feel like you were there, and that's what I want from a live DVD.
0: Yeah. So we begin with this primal scream from Bono as he comes out. It's sort of half on, half off the mic. And it, it's not even a word or a note. It's just him coming out and going, well, I'm not going to replicate it go here. I'd <laughs> do, do it, but I, it'd be too loud to do it here. Yeah, good. I'm glad Tyler's not doing that. So we've got Bono coming out, and um, the lighting is interesting here. I think... It's not quite dark yet. Yeah, the lighting's... it's it's. Becoming that, and that means that all the way through this gig, we have a strange mixture of of grainy textures and really clean textures, um, which I always notice. I don't think it's a bad thing, but it is weird, and I wonder if that is a design choice, if that was a a direction choice yeah. to have that kind of. It thing. does
1: feel like there's two different sets, of, like two different camera crews. Yeah, there, there are the some thing. very clean shots later on. Yeah, you know, for specific yeah, yeah. songs, specific moments, but yeah. um, I, I think it's all just supposed to put you in that. That mindset of I'm the. Yeah, like not polished. Yeah. Just. And
0: I love that. Yeah. Question, V Man, Mm. Tyler. Which version of elevation do you think is better? Boston or this one? And I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, I've got an answer, but um, interesting to see what yours are.
2: Mm. I think Boston slightly. But it might just be because it was the first one I saw. Mm. And it sort of ingrained itself on me. Com- like.
1: Coming out with... It's an interesting comparison because it's the same production crew. It's the same director. It's the same tour. You know, there's, there's a lot to compare there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would probably go Boston. In terms of a DVD. I, I can't say what it would be like to be there, but in terms of a DVD. Yeah, the shot I'm talking about the DVD. looking through Bono's glasses. Yeah. That... Is great, but the difference there is that's about you too. Yeah, that's Bono's perspective. Here you get the crowd's perspective. Yeah, that's a difference. So both very good, but if pushed, I would and off the top of my head, um, I would I would probably say that the version at Boston is better. Yeah, I would also agree with that. Um, but it's easy to control the sound in an arena. Yeah, than it is to uh, because sound reverbs in you know in a straight line, but once it Goes up, it doesn't come back down, and that's really hard to capture.
0: Uh, really, is that is that is that physics? Does that make sense? Yeah, because it, but, it so, makes sense from a physical perspective. So, it's, yeah. so sound. <laughs> Vinny Vinny knows physics quite
1: well. Sound is going to going to move until it hits a surface, right? And that surface, if it's if it's a flat surface, it'll come back at you. But if it's pointing up, the sound is going to bounce off that and go up, and the sound doesn't come back down. And I know this, and I'm going to talk. I, I don't,
0: don't
2: know why I open this kind of. I I'm in. element. carry on. I try not to talk. about perked up now. Physics has been mentioned. I try not
1: to talk about wrestling, but the reason is in when people. Oh peop- God! I mean, it's even more boring. No, when when <laughs> when rest, wrestlers feed off the crowd. That's how they decide, you know, what they're going to do in, in the next move. bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Right. Just going to have a Guinness. But when when the <laughs> the too. crowd are chanting in a big stadium, the sound goes up, and the wrestlers in the ring can't hear it. So they, even though they might be. A much larger crowd they can't actually hear what the crowd are thinking about it which can affect the match right
2: in an outdoor stadium you
1: mean yeah yeah right and uh, (laughs) I I, I, I got that from Stone Cold Steve Austin so there you go well he's very well versed in physics I believe Uh,
0: yeah Professor Austin um, of Texas <laughs> University. Anyway, um, so the crowd are absolutely bouncing throughout Elevation, and that is the difference here. Um, they are bouncing in Boston, but this is on such a huge scale, and I think it's such an achievement to be able to get, to come out with a song like Elevation, which you know it's not the most serious song. I've said it before. It's a big dumb rock song, and there's nothing wrong with that. But to be a band at this point in their career, and to get an entire... You know field of people bouncing up and down, not just the front rows, and the, you know, each time the barrier breaks, they're still jumping all the way back, and it's incredible. Yeah, and one of the things I really enjoyed, um, <laughs> I put Clayton quite static here, which is going to be a theme throughout this. And um, one thing I, I really, really enjoyed was, um, Edge's I, I've called it his little hoedown dance at the end, so. But by the end of this, Edge is He's sort of got one leg crooked to the side, and he's kind of doing like this sort of thing. Look, look back if you've, if you've seen, but it's just a funny. Weird thing that Ed seems to only do. He does that stamping thing quite a lot. You know, where he stamps one leg. Yeah, yeah. He's is it in elevation where he's doing a weird kind of. It's almost it's like he's like, like yeah. forward it's, forward. It looks weird. he's, that's, that's, he's, he's really like dances
2: forward? Like his legs swing, look swinging really side, side Oh yeah, that's, that's on, in Boston That's in Boston. Yeah. But
0: this is where usually we we used to edge stamping one one foot. Um, which you know, Sunday Bloody Sunday is a very good example of him doing that. But here, yeah, it's it's sort of crook to the side. It's he it only maybe it's because when he gets to gives an SG in his hand, it uh, it throws him off kilter. But um, yeah, he's got one leg crook doing his toe down Edge dance. certainly has more
1: attitude when he's using the SG it's, yeah, it's there's a, something it's a, about that guitar it's a primal that changes guitar. him yeah,
0: exactly yeah. and that's why um, that's why it's used for elevation and uh, and not really anything else speaking of the Edge Steve Lester on Twitter uh, has uh, he says he
1: loves the first 90 seconds uh, and, and that they're epic and he, he asks just for a moment, when Edge walks onto stage, it's like, um, and I'm gonna have to change what he's put here. It's it's almost as if Edge looks at the crowd and goes, "Holy schnitzel!" Yeah. Um. Well, well edited though. <laughs> yeah, and I I was watching it, and I and I don't think I've quite seen the same thing that he has, but I'd never considered the you know, the, the band walking on stage and looking at that. There's got to be like that fight or flight. Yeah. Instinct that has to come in when you see that is like we we can't mess this up. We've got to do this well, mm-hmm. and that's interesting to put them in that mindset. This isn't your ordinary arena gig that you do time and time again. This is a, a twice in a lifetime opportunity.
0: And Edge pops out and he's like, "Oh God, it must be about eighty thousand people there." And Clayton just sort of sidles over and goes, "It's actually ninety thousand." He's like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Vinny, of you, have got what do you, we feel like we've chewed over um, elevation quite a lot. Anything that you've got, any unique insights from the V-Man on elevation, <laughs> <laughs> not on elevation
2: from Slay. No, I've got
1: nothing to add at All this right. stage on that. The, well, what... the energy of that crowd just blows my mind with this song. The crowd Out are the almost chain. more
0: impressive, uh, impressive, impressive,
1: yeah, impressive. than uh, than the band.
0: I've put here the only thing I've put is stupid doggy paddle women. Now is, is 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 that is this the gig where um, I love that? You mean there's three women on the front row W-man. and they're, and they're doing this almost yeah. mall move?
1: I love that. I look out for it every single time. I
0: notice it every time. I
1: do, I don't know who those women are. Seems childish. But I've 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 been watching them
0: and admiring them for twenty years, years at this point. Every it's night. crazy. it just always takes me out at the moment they're doing this very particular dance where it looks like they're no, doing they're, doggy paddle.
1: They're, they're having fun. It's great. I I love it. I hope to meet one of them. They made it onto the DVD, so it worked well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. And um, we'll be we'll be looking out for someone who we think might pop up in the DVD later on. That's a spoiler for later. Have
1: oh. you ever have you ever done the dig the the, the mole digging in the hole dance? As no, I call it. is that what it is? I I I, I th- that's because because they do it a mole digging in a hole. Oh, that's even worse, I might have to put a video of me doing that up on on Twitter now because no one can see me doing it.
0: I think, what, people, they're just doing
2: this I think if I think like you've seen the DVD you've seen to that. the song just like yeah and high, like,
1: higher than this like reaching up
2: to the sky
0: yeah exactly it's not like that what's that? shoot me from a gun it's not like superman is it
1: question about elevation here it seems really vital boston it seems really vital does this song belong in any U2 set if it doesn't open the show
0: um yeah if you want to G the crowd up a little bit I, i'm ha- i'm always happy to see elevation i'd take it over vertigo these days and I'll actually take it over "Beautiful Day" just because it's a fun song, and Edge gets to really rock out on that SG when he does the solo. I think they've
1: played "Elevation" every time I've seen them.
0: I'm happy for them yeah. to retire it as well. I'd rather have something yeah. else. Yeah,
1: but I, I always think, oh, it's weird doing "Elevation" later in the set. Do you know what I think they should do?
0: Big dumb rock song, kick out Vertigo, kick out "Elevation," bring back the old boots.
1: Eat well. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that that would be my. I'm
0: going for a Sexy beer. Boots. I'm going for a beer, mate
1: boots, yeah. Mm. So should. Uh, anyone got anything
0: else on elevation? We really should speed uh, up. No, we're we're just, in like we're forty just. minutes yeah. nearly. We've not. So on, on beautiful day. Um, I've said here, Bono knows when to take it down, and he knows when to take it up. So in this song, I think he he really um, shows that mastery over the crowd. And this is a gig where you do get that that performance from Bono of him directing the band, directing the crowd. And yes, there are four members of YouTube, but the focus is on Bono for a lot of it and I
1: think the focus in this song is on edge the, really a, in a setting like this, those opening harmonics to beautiful day. yeah, that's true. My, it just is, is there a better setting to hear that song? and like on this day, the, the, the World Cup qualifier, the victory of getting a second concert anyway mm-hmm. just unless you're Dutch. Well, yeah. I wonder if there was any Dutch fans. There must have been some Dutch fans in the audience that really day. Really disappointed and just sort of folded their arms throughout the whole gig. Yeah. Um. Bono. Bono's completely in control of this. Well, I just said. Yeah. I, I, I'm I. just <laughs> reading mine. Sorry if I got the same notes, but it gave me goosebumps watching it. Yeah. He's um, really in control of it all as well, I think. Yeah, good point, Vinny. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, that's I that.
0: a unique perspective on this. Yeah, no, it's just something I noticed. Uh, I've asked here, Tyler, do you hate the editing to this? Because this seems like the kind of fast, frenetic editing that you don't like on U two shows. Uh,
1: I did see. I don't. I did, didn't mention it here. Uh, I didn't notice it here because I, I think because it's got that grainy footage that I expect less. And the reason is Vertigo is shot beautifully. It is. It's a pristine um, mm. show, and you watch it, and it is almost like a movie of a concert. It, everything's almost too Hollywood. So I notice it more then because it's not gritty enough for fast editing. If there's fast editing in this, I haven't noticed it. Mm. So my problem lies somewhere overall. between the
0: and those two things. Fair enough. Um, I've said that Bono's voice is really huge at this gig. I think he, when he does do the beautiful day stuff, he's, you know, he's not got the vo- the vocal problems that we know had sort of plagued him in in that recent time. Um, his voice is huge, and this is the point where you, where I know it's anyway, you get to see Slain Castle. And yeah. um, if it's not hmm. too kooky a perspective, it's almost like Slain Castle is a fifth member of the band. What instrument does the castle play? Uh,
1: ambience.
2: <laughs> ambience. No, <laughs> I, I,
1: think I always see the castle, it's like, it can be quite a daunting image, that. Like, looking over, uh, Bono describes the field at Slain as a crucible, because mm. it, it kind of has a natural bowl kind of form. Mm. And I, so there's I, almost a
0: sacramental quality to. It. I
1: I I think it's it's almost like a typical Bono hyperbole, though. Really. An aristocracy watching over, you know, mm-hmm. it's checking it's, on the riffraff. Bunch yeah,
0: bunch of archers poised, I, I ready think,
1: to go, ready to strike. What yeah. a
0: great setting,
1: Release. Fantastic setting.
0: I, I was actually looking at the um the menu today at the at the Slane Castle. <laughs> Because you can stay there, right? And and I was having a look, and um, is it is it? It's not cheap. Not cheap. I'll say that. I would not have have thought so. I'd like to go. I mean, if anyone, particularly if any review two fans are desperate for us to go, U
1: 2021. I think you need.
2: I think you two need to do. You two need to do a. Tyler and I. Yeah,
0: you can come as well if you
2: want. I'd I'd hate that that because
1: there's no seats. Well, I think there are some seats on on an. No, I'm saying you should Um, you should
2: do a show about the restaurant at Castle. Like live on scene. Oh, do a review. Yeah. Okay, fair enough.
0: If people are willing to, you know, pay £30 for me to have a grouse from my main, then that's fine <laughs> with me. Um, all right, so Vinny, you introduced the next track. What's the next track? What is the next track? Next track? I don't I've not got the listing. You have notes though. What's that? Book I didn't for? take notes for every song, <laughs> I didn't take any
2: notes for. Um... Until beautiful the... day or elevation so i've got no no well, notes so so what i like just, about so everything i've said has bono, been purely original
1: what i like about bono and his stagecraft here is he walks onto just the top of the, the ramp and he's teasing you know using the rest of the ramp yep. and towards the end of beautiful day it looks like he's going to walk down but he actually comes back and i think that's a great use of the stage because obviously that stage is going to come into play at some point yeah but he's just teasing the audience they want him to run into the crowd but he's not doing it just yet and the goal is soul part is so passionate. Mm. Um,
0: I, I love that. So, Johnny, uh, until the end of the world. Bono is up for it, I've written here. So we've got, I think this is where... I'm, I'm glad that they've got such a rocky track so early on in the set in Elevation. I think it's a, it's a great choice. Um, not something that people would necessarily have expected, which I think is good as well. But after two absolute hits from the most current album, getting into something, 90s, it's acting baby, so it's obviously one of my favourites. Bono is jumping up and he's ready for this and Adam is just kind of looking on like an approving uncle like well done Bono that kind of thing here I'm sorry if people are, like would think that Adam is actually quite passionate in this gig but it's just he needs to do a little bit more I would say just to I, I know, know. He's, yeah. he's, he's a cool cucumber. He's, he,
1: he, he's laid into Adam enough with his wardrobe right uh, Adam's just stubbed back how how can anybody just stand there and not go crazy exactly he's so cool yeah is like, yeah. Maybe
2: you need it because if you if if Adam all of a sudden did start sort of going mental, I think we'd all be a bit confused. If yes. he actually started like jumping around and like, smashing sort of his like, base, <laughs> running up and like pushing
0: bones. I love of... Paul Simonon from uh, this yeah. London Calling cover. Yeah. Well,
2: maybe maybe I, what... it's maybe it's something necessary ingredient that we all that keeps the balance of the band. You know? he, has, he has to stay I sort mean, of like. To be fair, Larry's
0: quite calm all, as well.
1: Yeah. They're all yeah. obviously having a great time. And the laugh... I wouldn't say obviously. No, but. I think they are, they are, because they're smiling, they're having fun, and the laugh from Bono before the start of the song, that just shows me, like, they, they're they in this, they're enjoying this.
2: I get this feeling from Bono, like, for the whole gig, though, that he's... Obviously, I, I sort of, I see this because I know what was happening with his dad, or what had happened with his dad. Mm. But, like, it feels like he's sort of in that post-trauma sort of phase, where you sort of feel alive, you're sort of tired, but alive sort of thing. So he's like, yeah. his howls feel like real, like, existential howls. Yeah, it's pretty primal. Yeah, and like, and I've oh, I've got written <laughs> Bono more pumped up than in Boston. Is exactly, I've got for yeah, this. he's up for it. He's, he's up for it. He's, yeah. Ready, and yeah.
0: that I think makes the duel even better between him and Edge. And I think this duel looks better because it's from it's from a wider shot. If you if you when they do the close-ups on the duel, it kind of looks a bit what it is, which is a fake sort of fight between him and Edge. You know, the the, yeah. the kind of. The Matador, uh, did, you know- sort of thing. Yes. did you notice on your last
1: viewing how much Bono is instructing and performing for the cameras? There's a point yeah. where he waves a cameraman on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and come it here. like, it, and it's like it's it's really strange because it's obviously very choreographed, and Bono's like thinking, okay, I need to hit this mark, I need to do this there, I need to. He's got all these shots in his head, and he's thinking about all that, but he still seems so in the moment. And I don't know how you do the two. It just it just it made me see Bono like, man, this guy is so professional that he can he can manage himself and manage other people and direct people where to go. Like he's still improvising around the theme he's already got,
2: yeah, to work with. Sort of thing, but yeah. he's
1: not he's not losing the focus on the song or the audience, and that's so impressive to me. And I've never noticed that before. What before I watched it this week? Are we talking about the hat moment? The hat moment. when a fan throws, <laughs> throws his baseball cap onto the edges, onto the edges, and, and
0: Bono quips, "Tyler,
1: I'm sorry. Whoever threw that hat must have been James Bond, or was it Odd Job that threw the
0: hat? No, Odd Job uh, did throw the hat. However, Bond did used to enter." The room where Money Penny would be sitting expectantly, yeah, chuck his yeah, hat yeah. on the thing, and then he and then he'd make some sort of light sexually um, what Harassing uh banter with
2: her.
1: What a shot! Because uh, <laughs> <with> a... <laughs> sh- that could have been such a wait a minute, why is a baseball cap just flying behind the edge?
0: But to land it on his head,
2: maybe they maybe they got a perfect maybe you as a plant, maybe they got a professional in.
1: Oh, well, that Bono would no, disappoint has, me.
0: That would disappoint uh, Tyler, what does Bono say? He missed his quip.
1: Um, he's got a few of those. <laughs> great accent
0: yeah he's already got some of those, uh, those hats. Yeah, the Irish accents are coming out now the Guinness is flowing oh dear um, <laughs> please do your complaints to Tyler not me
1: I've got the spirit of the Liffey running through me your mm. microphone heads green as well it is, is Um it? <laughs> But um is this the best version of this song? no because I don't like this song a lot but what? I I I'm not a huge fan of. of we played
0: this song a lot of times together.
1: I know because it's one of the few songs you can play well.
0: Mm. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh it's all coming out Backhanded now. compliment. <laughs>
1: Still take it. I'm the ref. Um, but I think this creates, considering there's 90,000 fans, the or 80. This creates 85, such 85, an intimate fans. feeling. The it, begi- the, it begins to feel in, very intimate when they play this song. Yeah. And, and, it, and for that
0: reason alone, it might be my favourite version. I just prefer versions that are closer to when it was first conceived because I think it's a bit more vital. But this is a, this is a, look, it's a fantastic version, and um, you cannot say that it's it's not vital and pumps up this gig. At the end of the
1: duel, when Bono fall, finally falls down, yeah. Um, I was watching that. I was like, oh god, if if he fell down like that now, we would be concerned because he really go, he really does it, does a good dive and lies there. Yeah, amazingly, right in front of. All those cameras. Funny, it's, it? uh, it's very strange. Oh, it's almost as if, it's, as if it was planned.
2: <laughs> Dragging things up, do you reckon it is
1: planned to that level of. Uh... I, I don't. You see, I don't want to think that anything mm. is planned. But mm. yes, it obviously
0: is. Yeah. I think also it maybe it wasn't planned the very first time. But as the shows have evolved, he's used to yeah. doing things, and you just get into a groove, don't you? And you expect yeah. to do things that work well. So I think that's. It's probably respond, more spontaneous to begin with.
1: Yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a pro wrestling fan. I don't want I don't want to believe that Father Christmas isn't real. Put it you know, that's the best way to describe it. I I want to believe that everything they do on stage is spontaneous and unique. I don't want to think that they've done it for the last sixty shows. But they probably have.
0: Yeah. So track number four is New Year's Day. Um a refreshingly different set list in certain places from Boston here. And I really enjoy this version of New Year's Day. This might be my favourite version of New Year's Day, and it's a song that has gone up in my entire estimation from being, you know, very good to more so than any yeah, any any other. Yeah, yeah to like epic. <clears throat> and Bono's glasses get a cheer here, so um, when he pulls off his glasses, the um, they are blue, aren't they? Yes, yes. Right? <laughs> um, what colours can you see? <laughs> so he pulls them off, and they, uh, and they get a big cheer here. Um, Bono's glasses. It seemed like it was very synonymous with the way that he dressed at that time i think wraparound shades at that point were very new and very very cool like mission impossible sort of vibe to them and i remember that being a big association at that point whereas nowadays you know he wears glasses and that's about it really yeah yeah um what do you think about this one benny what do you think about the this version of of new year's day uh i think
2: new year's day has become sort of it's got like a Chunky heaviness to it that has grown over the years. I think. Like, I thought the, the the record version is brilliant, but it doesn't feel. It feels like they do they do it more justice live now than on the yeah. record for sure.
1: Like I I, Just... I think it was the first great song. Yeah, and I didn't think that a few years ago, mm. but the more and more I approach it, I, I, the more I feel like that now. Is this where
0: Bono gets splashed with lots of water as well? Yeah. You get splashed. People chuck stuff and lots of toilet roll. Yeah, there's to- to- I think toilet, toilet roll. roll is toilet in this roll. One. All <laughs> I want is
1: you, is uh, the water. Sorry, yeah. There's, the toilet, there's two.
2: Yeah. There's two toilet rolls. There's one somewhere at the beginning and one later
1: on. Hmm. I think it was clean toilet roll. You'll be
0: glad yeah. be to know. Only people had known how valuable that would have been uh, a mere twenty years later <laughs> would have been throwing it then. I think this might be the best moment of the whole show, and um, we did have various people asking us for what were our favourite moments in the entire show. Uh, actually, just to to not be a tease, let's let's actually give some name checks out here. So, um, who has asked us this? Oh, it was Steve. Steve Laster. He said, uh, interested to hear our favourite track. So, I think, to, to spoil things a little bit, this might be um, my favourite track. And it definitely has my, my favourite moment here. And I was pointing this out to Tyler and Vinny recently. My favourite moment of this entire gig is the bit in the verse... A transition from the verse to the chorus, where Bonner says we can be one, and his that primal scream that he's got that kind of cry of saying one, he doesn't just stop it and then restart it for the chorus, it blends into it, and then Edge's voice comes in and harmonizes with it. That bit is just it, it would be in my top 10 ever YouTube, top five YouTube moments live. It's so passionate. And when I was a younger person, like a teenager, watching that and thinking I'd like to start playing guitar and things, that was. Just something that thought that it's such an inspiring moment, that little tiny moment in the track, and that it always makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. So I would watch this, this I, I, when I was fifteen or sixteen.
1: There were, there were two DVDs that I would watch to fall asleep to. It was either this. Or, um, a live, or, no, or a live, no, or live Billy Connolly DVD. It was one of those two things. Very different vibe. Yeah, very different vibe. <laughs> but one of those two things. And I always, whenever I watch New Year's Day, it makes me feel like I felt then. It's still, I still have that sense of wonder, and I think it's more to do with Edge playing the piano. It's a sound that we haven't heard in this show yet, but it's still distinctly you two. We've had a few, you know, different sounding songs, mm. different genres in a, in a way.
0: But when I hear Edge playing that piano, it's like, it still gets me. Um, and speaking of which, Vinny, you, you play piano to a very good level, I would say, not yeah. to toot your horn. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, have you ever tried to do, have you ever set up your play guitar, so have you ever tried to set up your amp next to your piano and do this <laughs> the little switcher, which I, I still find really impressive. It probably isn't that difficult to do if you're good at both instruments, but I... I I find it impressive. I've not
2: tried it. Maybe that's something I should try and keep keep you updated on that. I'd love to hear yeah, that. Yeah, send a little video over.
0: Yeah, and see if it goes right or wrong. Because um, he doesn't, isn't, it's not in this one. He doesn't,
1: there's never guitar and piano at the same time. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah but there's, there's, there's not an octopus. Is it? He's
1: <laughs> not no. Nico no, no, no. no matter what everyone says. Uh, but he's, <laughs> but he's
2: he does a slightly simpler piano thing, doesn't he? Isn't it, isn't it an old gig where he's just like, doody 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 doody.
0: <laughs> yeah, it might be that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I, sure I was, that sorry. makes sense to anyone now. I, no, no. I, I knew what you meant. I was just trying to think back whether it was. What, I think it's a no, Yeah. What he does do is great. Is he, he's got game. he's got his left hand on the piano, and then he reaches across with his right and holds the neck of the Gibson to keep the notes resonating yeah. to add a little bit. And it's just that that little bit of extra care that just other a extra, other, other people, just that little bit extra. You know I mean? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's he's 110 from the edge, and it just sounds yeah. so good. Yeah. And that's why he's the best member of you too, apart from Adam. The best member of you toos Lane Castle oh well yeah the ambience, the ambience. <laughs> um oh well we've, we've, we've got to talk about the um, the football in the room we've, we've mentioned it before but um quick recap here this is obviously one of the most iconic moments here iconic because Bono has famously tried to avoid being partisan or indulging in a particularly crude form of nationalism just once <laughs> just once. You sound like
1: Littlefinger. <laughs> you better start believing in ghost stories, Miss Swan. Yeah, you're in one. And
0: that's not, not even the same actor. Sansa Stark. Sansa Stark. <laughs> um, if anyone's, if anyone is bothered and likes Game of Thrones, listen to Littlefinger at the start of when, he, when he's basically a Cockney at the start of the series. Then just listen to him at the end. Absolute, complete conversion and uh, crazy. Worse than Dumbledore's accent. Um, right. So anyway. Uh, Bono drapes himself, however, in a thrown Irish flag. And this almost seems like it's choreographed. I don't think it is. I
1: was questioning if it's planned.
0: But he it's so well shot as well in terms of um, the way it's been put together. Bono puts his arm out and then suddenly, almost like he's called for it. Um, and if anyone's got any inside knowledge on this, that's that would be good to hear. But the Irish flag flies up and gets onto his arm. Now, it's not that crazy, is it, though? Because it was a match day. Yeah. yeah. People would have got them. And... It seems reasonable that someone might have thrown it. It's just it lands on his arms so perfectly. It's a massive flag. Yeah, it's massive. It's big, it's big enough to drape him completely in as well. Covers like, him. If it was a bit smaller, I would have like, like, like as, a small, as, like, like as as a small towel, he's a giant of a man. So how big was that flag? <laughs> I reckon it was only pillowcase size, and it's just Bono. <laughs> just <a> little flannel, <laughs>
1: little yeah, Irish I really need to talk about Bono's voice because if there are people in your life that don't get the U two thing, and I, I get it. There's gonna be loads of them in in your life, but if you need proof if proof be needed of a, a song that shows off Bono's voice in a live setting because mm-hmm. in the studio you can hide a lot of things with editing and trickery a live show, very very tough Bono's range on this song is incredible and his usual sing- uh, comfortable singing voice is so much higher than a lot of people and he has so much more power than most singers and and then when he goes into the bigger moments of the song it's like he takes it to this otherworldly place and i can't i can't get over how how big his voice is at this point did
0: that i know you two aren't singers but did that hit you as well I, i've said throughout this um bono's voice is huge that's the uh, that's the the thing that I said and it, i noticed it in beautiful day and I think it is that thing of him getting everything out, and that's you can only hit that hugeness if yeah. you're not phoning it in. Just it, it completely blew. I've been watching this DVD for years, and it blew my mind. I
1: just had to like focus in on the vocals so much because mm. I couldn't believe, in a way, what I was seeing. I've, I've taken it for granted for too long. Mm. any really, anything to add
0: with this outpouring of gushing fandom? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Well, the only thing I'm going to say then is, we'd well, be remiss not to mention it, is after that moment that Bono drapes himself in the Irish flag and he says, just once, he's going to do it just once because he's usually associated with the with the white flag. Um, he says, close your eyes and imagine... It's, it's Jason McAteer. It's Jason McAteer, yes. Um, so we have that, that moment and Bono sort of opens his mouth at the same moment that Edge begins the solo. It's almost like he's kind of... It's such a great, it's a, it's a great editing decision to have that that cry working with Edge's because that, that is Edge's voice, in effect. I know Edge is a great singer anyway, but um, have they become too serious now?
1: Uh, because this is fun, this is a really fun gig, they're having fun.
0: They did, they did fun on an the experience, there's, there's fun there, kind I... of. Bono puts a hat on at one point, imagine it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just don't get over soul Bono coming out in complete McFisto gear and not making any reference to it. I don't, I don't quite understand that the logic of it. What do you mean? New McPhisto gear, not old McPhisto gear. What do you mean? He didn't just... make a reference to it. So he came out in the hat, you know, dressed as, as the new McPhisto. during Acrobat and everything. Um, no. Um, when I saw the Joshua Tree tour in yeah. Seoul,
0: oh, did he? Uh,
1: yeah. So after the Joshua Tree tour, and they they do like Elevation, bloody bloody blah. Um, he he was he was wearing the top hat and made no reference to the fact that he. In essence, he's dressed as what, for the whole gig. Or just, no, after, just after the Joshua after the Tree, Joshua Tree they they do you know did like a okay. series of greatest hits. Yeah,
2: yeah. I found that really weird. Hmm.
0: The next song in the set list is "Out of Control." I really cherish having this live performance of this song, and I think it needs to be switched out in place of i will follow a lot more i think that's what it replaced on boston as in it's been switched out instead of i will follow um and i just think it happened needs to happen more often it's such a vital song it's it's fast it does everything that with, with sorry with that that i will follow does it has a great riff it's from the earliest album and it has the lull in the middle where then they can build up that energy and i just i think they need to use this song a lot more it's such a it's such an ace in the pack that they do i, don't I use. was questioning how much of a rarity it is well i I've, I've not seen it for ages
1: have we ever seen it no right
0: we've seen glory i mean i might have done i need i really
1: need to get to know the set list that i've seen a lot better than i, <laughs> I, I do but
0: it's hard because we we've, we've watched the dvds and the dvds blend into real life quite a lot so it's kind of like mm. and being the biggest fan in the room i've seen them many many times mm. Um, well, anyway, uh, so so to the uh, to the worst fan in the room, Vinny. What did you think about this version of the song? <laughs> uh, I agree
2: with everything you just said. It's I actually I've never really thought about switching it in for I will follow, but that makes a lot of sense. I actually much prefer it as a song to I will follow. Oh. I like I will follow. Um, answer. Answer. Oh god. Um, for the same reason, I think I will follow doesn't have much of a. It doesn't have doesn't feel like it's got much in the way of different sections. I might be talking same-y. On, yeah, it's quite samey all the way through. Was
0: like you say the quiet bit in the middle of this one. It's a weird chorus as well. out of control. It's it's got such a strange um, vibe to it that you know, it, it's just it's odd as a chorus. Most people wouldn't write a chorus like that. Out of control. Out, out of control, control. Out of control. Yeah. Well, Bono, didn't Bono write this on his 18th birthday? This is uh, this is
1: literally not... one of U2's
0: earliest songs it, yeah. in its earliest form. Yeah. So. And it's about that youthful energy and being crazy and just having so much promise in your early life I think yeah so I, I think that's what it's all what it's is, all about is there a
1: bit of an elephant in the room if they start performing this again now though what what do you mean
0: because they're old they're a bit older yeah but they're still able to channel that kind of thing actually what I've written down here is you two are not a punk band but every punk band should watch this performance and I think what I mean by that is it's punk in sentiment yeah exactly and in, in energy Like the, 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 the vibe to this song is pure punk energy I would say um and the way that it it lulls down and then it, it brings the crowd right back up again, and they also this is a song that does use every element of the band. So you you notice Larry, you notice Adam, right right from the start of the track, doing getting that pulsing rhythm going, and then Edge Edge is using guitar parts that don't just follow what what Clayton's doing. Then he's got incredible backing. It's just it works so well, really. Um, and in this version, the song actually becomes profound. Whereas on record, it's just great and fun and punky and speedy, that kind of thing. Whereas here, having that middle section, it makes it actually profound. Do you want to talk about that middle section, Tyler, with the with the £500? So I think,
1: well, my first reaction was... And also, uh, how
0: much do you think you've honestly spent on that? Well, that, that it's in in <laughs> so a lot more than £500.
1: In my notes, I was, I was like, £500... Pounds and the rest. Yeah. Are you joking? I'm and like I, Yeah, I'd like, I'd, I like, it's just, I don't know how much, and I'm not, I'm not going to discuss figures, mm. but, It's going to be difficult to continue this line of I, conversation. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's just say my trip to Seoul, yeah. which, uh, by the way, I wouldn't have gone to Seoul if you two hadn't been playing there, but I did have interest in going to the place, I just needed a reason to go. Yep. Right? So, it, it wasn't just before you two, it was a, it was a holiday, it was a vacation, but, that trip to Seoul was a few times more than £500. Yeah, okay. That's that's what I'm going to say, you know, um, and I've done several trips mm. like that. See the- so it's quite a lot of. Uh, it's splash in the pond to Bono. Oh, well,
0: yeah. Obviously.
1: But um, I have spent probably an irresponsible amount of money going to see you two live. Mm-hmm. And that's not even including buying the multiple editions of albums and yeah. collecting things. You, you are, you are. Things.
0: How much money do well, you have to Well, I was
2: just trying to work that out. So I've got every album. Yep. Up until... <laughs> Atomic Bomb, I think. Did I get anything You
1: out? really are a terrible fan. Well,
2: I'm good up until then. Yeah, okay. But am alright
1: it... up until then. I bet than should Joe Average. Should street. it cost so much, though, But to see a band?
0: Well, they are expensive, aren't they? But... For, for a top-tier AAA act... They yeah. are well-priced, I would say. Yeah, they are well-priced. Just see how much Elton John charges. Oof. But, but that, there's only one of him. And, I, I, he, and to be fair, I know someone who great paid, singing anymore.
1: I know someone who paid £1,000 for a Bruce Springsteen ticket. Mm. That is crazy. And if you wanted to see Bruce Springsteen on Broadway, $1,000, if you get a ticket for $1,000, dollars you you'd done really well. Mm. They were... Uh, and the guy, the guy did mumps and mumps on Broadway, and it was just... A huge mm. ticket price, so I think they're re- reasonably priced. But e- even though, even so, I feel like they've priced some people out of the market. Mm. But I also feel like generally music isn't appreciated the way it should be. Like I, I pay nine, uh, nine pounds ninety nine a month for Spotify, right? And I listen to a lot of music. I listen to a lot of albums. I should be paying a lot more for the amount of music I consume. I think music has been. Well, the whole financial this change. Yeah, it? it's, so it's, dis- it's been disrespected. The only way yeah. these bands make money yeah. now is by going and watching them live. That's the, that's really. The, there's no money in putting an album out, mm. and it must be really hard for a new artist. It must be a little bit even with a well, uh, uh, an album that sells really well. It must be hard to actually start making the the big books these days.
0: Yeah, mm. and particularly considering the fact that gigs are now on hold and everything, so. Mm.
1: Yeah, so it's um, it's it that five hundred pounds figure. I don't like it when Bono talks about uh, money, but in this context, talking about uh his father, Larry's father, not mother, even though they first met up in her kitchen. Which I'm going to leave that one. Um, Adam's family, Did the Edge's visit? mother and father. So it's <laughs> Adam's family. Adam's family. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank the
0: Adams family for five
1: hundred pounds. Really really kept our spirits up. (laughs) Not forget
0: Wednesday and Pugsley. Pugsley, sorry.
1: Thank God you saved saved me from a very serious rant there. Um, Out of control. I think it's a great version. I don't. The reason I don't think they play this is because I don't think they can top this version.
0: Yeah. I mean, and the fans are out of control at this this version. Wouldn't Wouldn't you be though?
1: I don't like standing up at gigs, and I would do anything to be in that heart. Mm. Jumping. Yeah, doing the mole dance with those girls at the front.
0: No, hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you get short shrift. Um, right, so, uh, so then straight into straight into Sunday, bloody Sunday. And I've said, give yourself a break, Larry, because he's just gone from a very high tempo, high energy um, song right into it, but i mean we said before he's in good shape and he can manage this he's a professional uh, eh? yeah he's a professional yeah. this is a great version from the start we get a bit of shaky cam which is a technique to create a bit of drama so i like that the choices in camera direction have worked here so we going to like a shaky sort of movement to show that the song is changing and we're getting into more of troublesome political territory here um and I, when I was younger, just lazily assumed that this version, the references Bono's making, is all about um, Bloody Sunday. That's what I just assumed because, you know, it's that song. But this is a reference to the Omar bombing that was carried out in 1998. And it's, again, a brave decision for Bono to come out and to raise these subjects so politically and to be crying out things like, no IRA, you know, and it's... I've said it before. I say it again. They don't get enough credit for how they are able to plunge their hands into really difficult thorny political issues and and you know come out come out actually not with egg on their face you know or not pissing off a huge amount of people. Because what's more punk than that?
1: To rebel to the point where you can go out and you can say that to ninety thousand people. Yeah. To, to have the balls to do it.
0: Yeah, and to and people who may have very very divided views on that whole yeah. thing.
1: So. You know, some of Bono's speeches could be enough to like. You know, do you know what? I'm just done with this band now. Mm. Like, some people could have that response, but the fact that they consistently do it and have done it, and he can give Bono a lot of stick for his involvement in politics when he should be a, 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 um, recording an album. But at, at least he's he's being honest when he does it. Yeah, he's not doing it to further U two's career. U two don't even like him doing it. Yes. So
0: I think I think some people might say be cynical and say, "Oh, this is just him." Trying to like you know turn a horrific act of violence into something to boost his own his own band, Um, but there must be times when Bono
1: thinks I don't want to say this because it might you know it might have the wrong effect, but it's Mm. the right thing to do to say it, and that that's why I admire his his activism and his campaigning because Mm. he he has made some changes.
0: Yeah, and I think whatever your political allegiance, I think you know condemning an act that. Killed twenty nine people, including a pregnant woman, is it's the the right thing to do, no matter how you how you look at it. I Mm. think, and and this is obviously where we get Bono reading off um, the the names of the victims in a way that does seem to to me anyway. To to me, and I know there might be some people who feel a bit like jaded and say, "Oh, he's just making political capital out of these people, or making sort of entertainment capital out of it." But it feels Um, real to me. I see it a different
1: Mm. way. I have been watching this. I've been watching this DVD. For a very long time when I was a teenager, it was almost a daily occurrence. I know that speech. I know those names. I know those people's names. I w- I, I, other than this, I, would, I wouldn't know them. Mm-hmm. What better tribute and what better statement politically can you make than to remember those people? Not to remember the people that did it, but to remember the victims that lost their lives. Yeah. And people all around the world know their names off by heart. That's an incredible statement to mm. make, an incredible tribute to those people's lives,
0: and it and it supercharges this version back, you know, back home. Yeah. So it's it's a great version, and know, um, yeah, I can't really say much more about it. They they play it well, it sounds good. That's that's about it really. And and from a song which sometimes, like when we saw it on Joshua Tree, obviously I like hearing it because it's it's a U two song. It's one of the best songs that they've they've ever written in in a kind of general sense, uh, yeah. famous but this is a great version of it and it's a vital version, whereas I, don't, I didn't need to hear it on Joshua Tree.
1: No, I agree. One thing I want to say about Adam and Larry, their adrenaline must be pumping. like they must be. You know, Their hearts must be going crazy mm. and they keep this song so tight throughout yeah. when it w- would have been so easy in that situation to make a mistake. Yes, the pros, but the, the, the way this gig is charged, the, the way they continue to play
0: it, I, mm. I can't help but admire that. Although there will be mistakes later on in the set, which we'll we'll get round to, um, little fluffs from someone you wouldn't expect a fluff. Um, the next one is "Wake Up, Dead Man." I have got teary to this song and this version of this song before. I will I will readily admit. Um, and this is a version where I think elevation is a very simple tour overall. Um, Compa- comparatively, I mean, comparatively... Well, deliberately, deliberately so. Yeah, exactly. It's a stripping back um, compared to um, Paul Martin, That's a good thing. But this is the first point in the DVD where I felt like an obvious technique was being used for a specific effect. So there's this filter put on Bono and he almost looks like he's hollowed out. You can see the white around him and the steam coming mm. off him. But if you look, think back to the song, it's that um, hollowed out black, almost shadow of a person, which... Obviously, to me, brings up that idea of his dad dying and the hollowness that him. I mean, this. Did you read this as a tribute to his, his dad, Benny?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. Um...
0: Yeah, I've got nothing to add there. <laughs> 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 okay, all right, I'll rephrase that. Yeah. Have you always seen it like that, or was it when you were young and just watching this, was it just like, oh, it's just a, a different short song that's a bit. Sad.
2: Well, it was, it was a new. I, I was surprised when they did it because I hadn't. They didn't do it at. They didn't do it at Boston, did they? Wake Up Dead No. So I was surprised to see it, because it's like a shout back to Wake Up 10, Pop. Well done. Yeah, Impressed. See, I told you. Everything up <laughs> at to Atomic Bomb.
1: Which, by the way, was the previous album. It seems like a. There's, there's, pop the previous album? It seems like a, like there's a I'm much sure knew, bigger gap sure, between yeah. pop and, and all that like you can't leave by. a really completely find.
2: different yeah. era, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was surprised to see it for that reason,
1: and sort of when I found out about it, Dad, I did assume there was some link there it's an abbreviated version it's more like a prayer added on to the end of sunday bloody sunday so for that reason i don't know whether it is as in the context of bob obviously we know what bono is going through but is this part of the show Mm. leading on from sunday bloody sunday the statement that they're making with that song um or or is it the more about Bono's personal journey that he's going through right there
0: I think it might be might be both and it can be
1: seen both ways yeah. but I don't know how it was intended
0: yeah I guess I guess we won't know well, I suppose it works for both because with that camera technique he or that, that filter that's on him or whatever he's hollowed out but sort of bathed or ringed in light which I think is a nice mm. way of thinking about him at that moment so I, th-
1: I think it's a- it acts as a breather as well for the audience, because we've had a few high-impact songs in a row, basically the whole gig so far. Mm. So it's a quiet moment to catch your breath and go, wow, yeah. I- I'm actually here. Because with a load of songs like that, you can like, oh my god, you, know, you, c- you can forget where you are and just yeah. forget to appreciate the moment. And it's a, it's a moment to go, no, I'm, I'm here, I- this is the gig, I'm at Slain Castle. appreciate that moment.
0: It's a beautiful moment but I I, I don't know how to read it properly. Well, speaking of which, we're about to get stuck in a moment that we uh, just can't get out of. Uh, I would say this is the... um... This is a really good, if not a definitive live version of this. It's an excellent version. The only problem I have is that Bonner wimps out, and rather than do um, the high note, he decides to sniff Adam's back instead. So he puts his face on the back of Adam. It's a good good back. It's a good back, back, but I wanted to hear that high note. And um, yeah, uh, I've also got his walking is awful. He's walk- oh, he walking. Yeah, I think this is where he's stomping around a bit and doing a, a weird swagger, uh, like the slow motion, like moon, not moon, not Michael Jackson <laughs> moonwalking. Moonwalk, <yeah. laughs> like, he's sort of like stomping
2: a bit slow motion forward. Is that
0: yeah, it? he just looks a bit. Oh, I think he does it. Yeah, he does it almost like a like a like a weird like
2: joke a, march. Sort of thing, or yeah,
0: or like a or like a kids' TV presenter be like, hey guys. No, that's Adam. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. Well, yeah. Um, Edge upstages him as always, which is what leads Bono to say, uh, "Nice singing, the Edge." After after the um, after it, well, the bitterness coming out. <laughs> this, uh,
1: you've you've killed it for me. now. why? Because you made a reference on a recent podcast about how the, how Edge's falsetto is very similar to the Bee Gees, and <laughs> I never I'd never thought that. And that's ruined it for you. Every time I hear it now, I just see, oh, I what? just see the BGS. You've gonna... done that, and now I've just done it to everybody else. Isn't You're spreading it far and wide, isn't? Yeah, um, <laughs> I I wouldn't want to miss this live, right? But I do think of this section as the let me up section. Let me go and get a beer. Let me, you know, let me just have five minutes.
0: Um, uh, what, I, what I'll say is that it, I get what you mean by that. Obviously, this is a great version, but this is this is where it gets a bit radio too. If you, do you know what I mean by that? You think, they're saying the song stuck in a moment's a bit radio too. Well, it is a bit kind of like if you if you walked into an office and stuck in a moment was playing on the radio, you'd be like, oh yeah, fine. But if you but if you walked in and they had acrobat on, you'd be like, what is going on? Yeah, we're not doing faxing to that. <laughs> whereas you know, whereas this is more this it's is stuck more, in a moment though. Yeah, that's just you know, it's just in the background, and I think it has the problem that it could be seen as just a background song, but it is it's another one that live though with Larry's drumming is beautiful st- in it like. St- yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, it's. A normal I, can, I, can, I
2: can get off to that for quite a while, and I'm watching that song. Brilliant. Get <laughs> off with a strange choice. Of first. I can enjoy. It. I, I don't. You back yourself into a corner here. Oh god. Um, <laughs> I enjoy Larry's drumming in this song. Fair enough. Uh, to a normal degree.
0: <laughs> to a normal degree. Fully clothed. <laughs> um, I'm confused. Speaking of normal, I'm confused by the um, the, the normal ending to this song. Because now I'm used to the, you know, the 360. Um, just a moment, like you know, kind of back and forth. Just a moment. Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, wow, we we could be them themselves. Um, something Keep I want to
1: add. I think this could be a contentious moment, uh, depending which generation you are and how long you've been into YouTube. Because I see these new songs from All That You Can't Leave Behind is fitting in really well with the rest of, of what is basically a greatest hits show. And I don't question Beautiful Day being in there. I don't question Elevation being in there. I don't question uh, Stuck in a Moment being in there. Yeah. It's And if if you had been into U2 for a long time and then this was a new album, I, I don't know if you'd have the same appe- uh, uh, same feeling or the or same appreciation of those songs. But for us, coming into U2 as this was part of the complete package, this is part of the U2 canon, does that affect the way we see songs like Stuck in a Moment and yeah, Beautiful we're, Day? Because we, we're, we're used to that beat. That's U2. Because that was the U2 that we came into.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we started at All We Can't Leave Behind and worked back well. Sort of like, not necessarily linearly backwards, but like...
1: We were all over the shop. scotch backwards, in yeah, yeah. some, some weird manner. Um, but do you think that would affect the... Are, are the songs, say, Are say... the songs that good? Are they... For effectively a greatest hits show, are these songs good enough to or would you rather see classics that they that they don't play like a uh, Stone Found What I'm looking for, for example.
0: Oh God, I'm so bored of that song. Yeah, but that's I would that's us <laughs> talking from yeah. our our generation's perspective. <laughs> oh God,
2: <laughs> I, I love that. I, I, I do like that song. I like I like the gospel
0: version in rattling Home, which uh, oh, that's the might... worst version of it. It's brilliant. That's right. Take take me on internet. I'm saying. What, these what about things. a sort of homecoming? <laughs> yeah, <then. laughs> huh? A sort of homecoming. That would be well, which absolutely would have been fitting. Transcendental yeah. to hear. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, or or bad. You know, w-
1: w- were these songs? W- did people think these songs were good enough to deserve a
0: place in this set list? Yes, because this was such a massive hit as an album. People people at the time, and some people erroneously now think this is as good as Joshua Tree and Acton Baby.
1: Well, I do. Yeah, er- yeah. Obviously, yeah, yes. I, 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 you're an idiot. <laughs> you're, you're an idiot. Um, right. But on Twitter, um, if you, if you would like to have your say on this, because I'd be very interested to see if some people really couldn't get on board with all that you can't leave behind, and therefore these songs kind of stick out for you and break up the show a little bit. Um, it's at rev underscore u two. So if you want to tweet us on that, um, that that would be really interesting for me to get that feedback.
0: Hmm, fair enough. Well, let's move on to the next song, which is Kite. Now, I imagine this song, which is dedicated to Bob, is maybe possibly a little bit less raw than, you know, the day after the funeral, but not much. And this is, to me, such an emotional version of this song. Um... There's lots of very close close-ups on Bono, which would make sense as well, and to me, this version and Boston's version just meld into one big, emotional, sad but amazing and incredible version and I love Kai. It's Such a, it's, it's a great song um, so simple for the chords, like amazingly simple mm. um, but in that kind of every breaking way or all I want is you mould it's simple but timeless and amazing so there we go. Kite. Okay. Did you say less raw than after the funeral there? I was sort of... Well, there the, were the two performances. So what I'm saying is that um, the original day after performance at Slane a week before, I imagine that would be the rawest that this version would be. I thought Slane
2: was the. I thought the first one at Slane was a week before his dad died, and this one last night, this one, the recorded version, was the day after.
0: No. Am I wrong? Tyler, weigh in on this? Uh.
2: I thought, I thought, I've got it, I might be completely wrong. I thought the first one was the week before his dad died, and the second one was the day after his dad died.
1: No, the, the first one was the day after his dad died. Oh, I see.
2: And, the, and this the was the week later, one was a week. Just, later, later, just, to, just yeah. to clarify,
0: Bob died a few days before the concert. They buried him, and then David. the day after. Ah, uh, okay.
1: And that was the first concert, not the recorded concert. They recorded both, but only used footage from the second.
0: Yeah. Right, because okay, 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 as okay, okay, okay. I think Adam okay. and Larry were saying before, the. The energy was just a lot better for what they were going for um, that second gig. Still very emotional, yeah. But but would the first show
1: not be? And I don't mean to be maudlin here, but would the first show not be in essence more U two? Depends what you mean by U two. They 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 do well when there's an, an when emotion- there's a rawness there's an an,
0: an emotional rawness hmm. to the, to the setting. Possibly, but you, but you you. If it's negative emotion, if it's if it's grief, then it can work. That can work well, but it's got to be tempered. It can't be the, yeah. the main ingredient of a show. Can't be grief. You know, yeah, be, yeah, like, yeah. the, the week the
2: week might have made a big difference in terms of like yeah.
1: harnessing that griefy energy and sort of like yeah, exactly starting to move forward. Sort of thing. Yeah. You guys know I love kite. I really, really love kite. But this is like one of the points I was trying to make. on Stuck in a moment. Is this a big enough song? Yes. Is this a well-known enough song, in the, this time in 2001, for people in the audience not to go, really, really would to do But it, wasn't, it, wasn't, do it was on the
2: most recent album. So it's like,
1: it's, yeah, it's, I know. In, but I don't see, I don't see this Ireland, as part of the tour. Says, yeah. This is a festival gig, right? This is this is a one-off. It's like a Glastonbury show. For, for, maybe I'm wrong in that. Maybe people do see this as solely part of the tour.
0: I do see it as part of the tour. Right, well, I, I don't. Mm. Yeah, I get, I get, I get, I get the idea, but um, this is a song that is so poppy in its in its construction, and it comes at that very good run of form at the start of All You Can't Leave Behind that people would know this song really well. Yeah, you know, so I, th- I think it it does justify, and it's so big and epic. But I get, I get your point there, definitely. Personally, just would have preferred Wild Honey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you must be joking. Lo- Do you not like Wild Honey? Weigh in on the this, because we, we've been arguing about this for years.
2: <laughs> I, I really liked Wild Honey when we were first listening to All You Can't Leave Behind.
1: How has this become the central thing that we all re- end up I re- <laughs> talking about? I think, I think it's a great song. I don't know what you're not hearing. Sorry, we interrupted I, I, re- I really liked it. I sort of... I never
2: want to put it on these days. I, I enjoy it when I listen to it, but I don't get excited about it anymore. But I was really excited about it
0: back in 2001. One. Two. Yeah. One, two, yeah.
1: Right,
0: Benny, middle section of Wild Honey... <laughs> Right, the middle section. Yeah. Do you know which which, which bit I'm talking about? I'm not about? sure which bit you mean. When he's uh, saying "Love me, keep me so," and he does that, he goes like, "Love me, keep me so," something like that. It's but really Johnny, I, even I, can't, I can't remember. I it? don't know what you're doing. <laughs> there.
1: I genuinely don't know what you're doing.
0: Right, Tyler, the middle section of "Wild Honey." How does it go? I mean, and if you don't know it, then that's a mark Love against. Love me,
1: keep me so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: that bit is terrible.
1: I don't. Well, it's not because we don't know what he's saying. It sounds like he's saying love me. It doesn't, he, Little doesn't red he have more of a tenor, isn't it? <laughs> love red me, red give me soul.
0: I, Something like that. I, I don't know. Melodies to that effect. Is she? <laughs> <laughs> look, look, all I'm saying is that's that middle section kills the song for me and, and it doesn't it doesn't earn its place next to a beautiful day and walk on and stuff like that. Um, whereas Summer Rain... Ooh, put that on. <laughs> You're,
1: you're out your freaking mind, mate. Um, okay. I'm amazed that Edge can get this sound out of a Les Paul, and I can get the sound for Until the End of the World out of a Les Paul. It baffles me. Yes, master. there's effects, I'm aware. He's
0: a master of tone.
1: Uh, he is, um, but it's, it's crazy that they use the same guitar mm. uh, for that. I want to question, is Bono crying at the end?
0: Um... Hmm. I don't know, he offers that little earnest bit of advice, he says talk to each other, yeah. which to me feels like, and I know you might like to make a distinction sometimes, that feels like a very, uh, I almost feel dirty saying this, but a very Paul thing to say, like, as in, it's just, it seems like there's no artifice there, he's just literally saying, look, my dad has just died. We, we don't call it Paul, do we? What do we call it? I don't
3: know.
0: What
1: do we, Come on, you know what we call it? Uh, dad Bono? Nude Bono. Oh, you call it that? No, I mean, bono. that's just yeah. Weird. Yeah. That's weird. Bono it's stripped of his naked. artifice. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. No, I, I, I get that, it. I think that's a very Bono <laughs> statement. In it, 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 sure it, it. it reminds me, like, um, I, I like people, intelligent people, intellectual people that make very matter of fact, common sense statements, mm-hmm. and that talk to each other is a very common, you know, matter of fact mm-hmm. statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has it has a lot more power because everybody can understand that. Mm tie your yeah
0: also another many a mickle max communication a there you go. not a dirty word yeah.
1: wow
2: what a unique perspective right anyway uh no. I, th- I think they're very just say on the crying thing there are several <laughs> points in this show where i'm convinced he's about to cry yeah, yeah. his eyes are about very watery at yeah. a lot of, lot of points yeah and like sometimes well we'll get on, i guess we might get on to it soon so i won't say that yet
0: uh, it's a little uh, teaser, teaser? Vinny. Please
1: introduce the next song.
0: <laughs> Tyler can't even introduce Vinny's introduction. <laughs>
1: the next song is "Angel of Harlem."
2: Uh, what do you think about it? Brilliantly, yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a great song. I do always think back to the rattle, again Ratlin Hum version of this is the one that's in my head.
0: Yes, yeah, that is the, good the one in
1: the studio, right? That's Angel.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Sun Studios, yeah. Sun Studios. Yeah, 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 you've played
1: that drum kit. I have. There's a photo of me on that drum. I only know that because I l- listened back to our episode. <laughs> you really? forgotten that.
0: <laughs> uh, <the> facts <laughs> that Vinny Sun... hadn't told me for about ten years into our relationship with you too, and then he's like, "Oh, I played that drum kit." <laughs> well yeah. I was was probably
1: it Larry's drum kit? Was it or was it the Sun Studios drum kit? That would the studio set. Right, I reckon. I think.
2: I've got it in my head it was Larry's, but maybe Larry played that drum kit. I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was some there was some Larry Link for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. But on here, yes, Clayton messes up. Remember? No. He goes, boom, like that. Oh, yeah, he does Bono, know, the bass. Yeah. There's a duff there's a note. Not a duff note, it's just he's too early, and then Bono's laughing and counting. One, in it's one of the firing. few little
2: bits of emotion, where, well, the, you see in Adam where he sort of has a little smirk on his face. Yeah. Like, hoo, hoo. A little, 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 <laughs> little <bit> cheeky <laughs> joke that I've played on the rest of the yeah, band. Look at this. Look and
0: at me. I really like the transition um, from the what we could call the kind of mournful section. I mean, it is, it's it's upbeat, but you know, Wake Up Dead Man, Stuck in a Moment, Kite, all very... All very related to the central issue of, of Bob dying, and also I guess Michael Hutchence as well, with we're stuck in a moment. Um, but then going into this, it, I've written here it's a bit like um, it's a bit like a, a good funeral. Yet yeah, you do have the mournful section, but then you think let's just have a party now. Let's all have a few drinks and feel good about everything. And Angel of Harlem is one of the most upbeat U two songs. It's also I would say um, if you were had to put on a couple of U two songs to convince skeptical audiences. Angel of Harlem would make my top ten there because people like this song who don't like you too. It shows the range. Yes, it yeah. does. But not in a just oh look, I didn't I, I bet you didn't think they could do this experimental craftworky stuff, you know. And people are thinking, yeah, I guess. But this is this is upbeat, you know, Angel of Harlem, who doesn't like hearing those those halls? Yeah,
1: and if I'm if I'm in a stadium and they start playing this, I am all over it. Hmm. Not a song I would expect, or maybe not a song that I would you know, right on my dream to see list. Mm. But if they started playing it, would be very, very happy.
0: Um, I put here. You two have no right to be this good at so many different genres. Um, because <laughs> it's being, like, because of the horns. Well, well, it is a different genre, isn't it? I mean, this is this, it is, isn't this it? is gospel. It, isn't does, it, really? it does
2: stand out as a strange song in the sort of mm. repertoire. Like, is this gospel? The brass and stuff. It's or is it not? It's leaning a bit that way, isn't it? With the I mean, it's dedicated to a gospel singer. Yeah, but maybe what not. I don't know. Well, it's not quite gospel, but it's got like the brassy, horny sort of. Horny, Jesus Christ. I know. I <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, there's <laughs> a... getting off to that song. There's, there's a horny
1: section in several u you two songs. Right, come, yeah, come, come. Um, you just for the record, still fully clothed. Um. I didn't know if the crowd are into this, because I couldn't hear the crowd until Bono sings that for so long. Yeah. And then you just hear, you just hear yeah. the, the crowd come up at that point. Mm. And wow, I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe they've gone too far now. Maybe the crowd aren't into this. And then how wrong was I proven? And it's masterfully shot and edited just to give that effect because it sounds like it's just them on stage and then the crowd
0: comes in. And it's like, oh, that's so good. That's so cool. And the crowd starts to be more important, I would say, as this gig progresses, it becomes more about the crowd. Um...
1: I think, I, again, I, like I said at the start, this is all about the crowd. And, and the relationship between you two and...
0: And their audience. Yeah, um, Bono says "Angel of Dorset Street" at the end of this. That's Larry in it. Is it? I'm sorry, I, I think wondering. it's Larry. What? I didn't know. I didn't notice this at all. Well, pay more attention. Oh, what's what, what do you mean? While he's singing, because Larry's no, I laughing. Think, I think it's right. Is it right at the end?
1: La- no, Larry laughs at that, which makes you think it's Larry. But maybe it's one of the girlfriends. You might say it's like an old own.
0: flame from uh, back in the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. It could be an in joke. Someone, I guarantee, someone will know. Twitter. REV underscore U2. Mm. Let us know if you know what who the Angel of Dorset Street is. But I think it's Larry.
0: And speaking of old flames, we're then moving on to Desire. Hang on, hang on, hang on.
1: Angel of Harlem. That's when the... throw Ooh, my
0: good link, man. The throw... Oh. <laughs> we can carry on.
1: Before we move on, um, this is where the throw a hat on the edge game happens. I think that should happen at every U2 concert. Mm-hmm. Um... I would have a, a sack full of beanies uh, just to try and A beanies you... a very poor choice. What to about throw. what about a cowboy hat? Yeah, Stetson. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah.
0: It's like a frisbee, but will get on his lid quite easily. I would say.
1: Yeah, uh, I I think it'd be really. That's a that's a great game. Throw a hat on the edge. I'd play that at the carnival.
0: Oh yeah, we could replace pin, pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> or,
1: or chuck a welly. Um, Larry goes on way too long. But everybody's laughing at it. So Larry messes up at the end as well. Yeah, he should finish the song, and he and he and he goes like a beat later. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, bar later. Yeah,
0: yeah. Desire, desire. Um, Do you want to do stupid link again? Well, speaking of old flames, it's desire and um, edge is. What's that funny? Bit. just so you such,
1: such, I, I liked it It's such a it. Johnny Link So Radio 4 All right, fine. I like it, it's good So uh, speaking of old flames, it's time for a bit of desire
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Right, so anyway This is not as good, I'm going to say it right now It's not as good as Boston uh, The bass isn't as strongly mixed as well uh, here um, It's It's fine It's a good version But it's a bit more homey It feels a bit looser I love the version of Desire at Boston. I think it's probably my favourite version. So, this is not going to live up to it. And I do enjoy um, Larry chucking his sticks off at the end, you know, chucking them off the side. I think that's pretty good. Just a bit of larking around. Um, just, just, just a couple of lads in there. A couple of lads messing the it. But that's how it feels here, whereas like in Boston, it feels a much more professional presentation. And once again, out comes the harmonica. But the crowd don't go wild as much as they do at Boston. It's a better yeah. moment in Boston. So that's what I'm going to say. But obviously, it's a great song. Obviously, it's well played. It's not as good as Boston for the. Do you it?
1: do you, um do you consider Desire to be a deep cut or a rarity line?
0: No, because it was the first number one single. But yeah, yeah, But how often did they play it? No, is it a deep cut? Uh, it's right. Okay, so if I would say it's an uncommon Pokemon card. So it's not common. It's not shiny. Yeah, I couldn't because because they played they played this
1: when I was in Seoul and I was like. I can't believe that. Again, another one I just didn't expect. They've got so many gems that they could play at any time and you just don't expect them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just this is party time. This is really uh, let the crowd have a good time. And any time that song comes on, you just get this giddy feeling as if people didn't have it enough at this point already.
0: But yeah. I'll ask the question to both of you, which one's better?
1: Angel, and or Desire?
0: No, Boston or Slain version of Desire. Finny?
1: Boston is,
2: I, I think Boston is slightly better. And I really like the, there's a really nice shot, like back shot in Boston, where like you can see all four of them at the front of the heart, yeah. I think. I'm not sure if it's a similar one in this, but I remember it more from Boston.
0: It just feels better um, in Boston. I think I think being indoors helps that song as well. Especially when Larry starts on his own pounding that um, drum properly Smashing it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. brilliant.
2: But then but then I like the harmonics in this. Well, I mean I like the harmonics of both, but the harmonics when like both Edge and Bono are in the same microphone.
0: Yeah. That, sorry, I I
2: love that. I love it when they do that. I love it. not the harmonica. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I got confused then. Can um,
1: Bono play anything else on that harmonica? It's just the one song that he uses it, right?
0: Uh so he gets it out in rattling Hall a couple of times. Mm. I can only
1: play one thing on harmonica. What's that? It's the um, Piano Man thing. Billy Joel. Um, Billy Joel? Yeah, Billy Joel. You said Joel. Well, B- B- Joel, does it matter? <laughs> you seem a bit defensive about that. I don't know. There's, there's several like, names. I've heard like I've that, that being said before. I
2: don't know which one is... I don't know what Billy Jay would... I think it's Billy Joel. Same anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't bit, matter. <laughs> a bit of an aside. Should we call any... <laughs> um, I've, I've written down, I wrote this down quite a while ago. Um, swing in the hips. Bono gets a little bit too sexy in this, I think. Yeah, There's he... one point where he gets a little bit too sexy yeah. for like a 50 We call that
0: his dad dancing. It's sort of... De- I... It's a bit sexy. Like, not, sorry, not depressing, but embarrassing, like, dad yeah. at a wedding sort of thing. Think yeah. That yeah. yeah. It. I've,
2: ri- I've written too sexy. <laughs> As in, not in a good way.
0: Yeah. Like you're 50. I, pull it back down. Yeah. I think Bono He's looks
1: up. really sexy. Like,
0: in this gig I'd say sweaty is more accurate definitely sweaty well maybe that's what I like maybe awesome. I like sweaty men so shoot me maybe you do um, fair enough we
1: need some more sweaty bono memes well make some do some gifs
0: <laughs> I mean and, and as I've that- said before it, it makes sense that he's sweaty because I mean you try running around that heart a couple of times and, give- and not getting sweaty
1: yeah. give me the heart I will do it I've wanted to run around that heart all my life You'll do it
0: I've not got the capabilities oh, to, to, I d- to I would do anything it
1: upon you. to be on that stage. I don't even need an audience. I would just happily would you, run around that heart. Would you do it endlessly? if um, if, if, the heart, if the heart stage was
2: sort of deep, you know, you'd been like folded up and packed away and stuff, and then they put it out in a room and it wasn't connected up? It were just bits next
1: to each other. Are connected up? Would you still? But en- what if you couldn't? Well, to would you still enjoy ball. just jumping between the bits?
0: In between bits? <laughs> yeah, like you? it's
2: all just in one big rectangle. Well, I'd,
1: I'd certainly lose weight. Well, oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. there was talk about the idea of taking all of the. Because they have such iconic sets, potmark Mart, 360 in particular, and this one. Um, and making them into sort of park that you could go around and visit each of the sets, which would be amazing. And maybe, you know, if you pay someone a couple of quid, they would let you up on stage and you could, you could run around it.
1: Well, I asked when I was in New York, because I did a tour of the arena. Yeah, you mentioned... Um, have uh, I, did I ever told a story on the podcast where I tried to
0: bribe the guy you, you to let got, me I mean, go on the stage? Nearly two hours in, I don't think anyone cares. I think you can tell the story. Again. <laughs> okay, you made well, it this far, guys, well, let's, then... Let's
1: move on. Um, yeah, all right, go on, then. So, Staring at the Sun. Lovely to see a song from Pop turn up. Yep. Um, but if I'm questioning the placing of some All That You Can't Leave Behind songs, did anybody want to see
0: this? It feels... Look, I like it. <laughs> I like the harmonics again. Yeah. I really do like the harmonics. Um, Edge's harmonies are great as he just said. Um I think the 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 thing that makes this good is the actual humanity of Edge fluffing his chords. Now usually I'm obviously um the Edge's biggest fan here, but and it pains me to say, see him making such an obvious mistake, but right at the end he does mess up and Bono gives him a little kiss on the top of the head to show that all is forgiven, even <laughs> as he's messed up that chord.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, this the crowd, they could basically be playing any song here. The crowd are just having so much fun. The Ole chants. I love an Ole chant. I love that rockers crowd kind of thing. Where, yeah. where the crowd are going to take over.
0: And again, something that, that, much respect to the US, would not happen in the USA. You wouldn't get an Ole chant in the USA. Like, it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> it feels like goes a lot more, like you, gig that a a lot more professional thing? in the US. It feels a very Irish slash British thing. It feels like a football thing. It feels like the... This is like obviously sweeping generalization
2: on very little yeah. knowledge, but like it feels like the U.S. gig going population sort of is always more like a professional. Like we are here to be entertained, mm. entertainers. Whereas it's more about the experience when you sort of alcohol probably plays a big role in this. Yeah, well. so I think you turn does. up, you're wasted. And it's like, you start my, like my
1: perception. And I'm not saying this is, this is true, but my perception is that people in Europe and the and, and the UK, uh, and, and certainly with Ireland, we drink a lot more. Mm. We we will drink a lot more for, for pre-drinks hmm. uh, before a gig, and then we'll we'll drink way too much at a gig.
0: Yes, whereas Americans would turn up and have a couple of beers at the gig. Yeah, yeah. Again, massive generalisation. That, that's my perception. Yeah, it's it our might perception. not be true. Exactly, and you know, I've not I've not been to many gigs in America, so there we go. No. I'm not, I'm not into any. Have Zero. we got anything
1: to say really about Stirring at the sun?
0: Um, it's a nice version. We I think we've probably said everything that we need to say about it. On that it's better on pop when it's a bit more raw, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's a nice human moment. I agree that it doesn't have to be in the set list here, but it's it's nice. Um, oh, and one thing I did want to mention, um, not related to this particular song, I've just been reading U2's show this morning, and um, you guys probably already knew this, but one of the things that made this gig interesting um, in terms of this, the, um, the way they were projecting it, Willie Williams was talking about how they were going to get this um, projection right to the back of the crowd, um, especially at Slane, where it's not an indoor arena. Um, but they decided to have the four cameras on top of the stage. You'll notice these um, focused on an individual member of the band, and that would be an unedited. So they didn't they didn't do any cuts or anything like that. They just literally had them shooting side by side four different things, so you could always check in on what the individual members would be doing. It's again, Willie Williams is such an amazing. Uh, creative person because it's elegant simple solution to what could have been a not very interesting gig considering mm. you've not got that massive screen like you would have at pop well because
1: they were so the stage is so out in the audience they didn't want to have to have like a big pit for cameramen mm. um and, and i think the reason you only see uh photographers uh, right at the start of the show is because they basically get to come in for the first three songs and then they, they, the photographers have to leave. Unless you're an official U2 photographer. Mm. Press photographers oh, okay. have to leave after the, the first three. <laughs> um, but they didn't want a big gap between the They wanted to be right in the audience. So they put cameras that spin round and can focus on anything. And it's completely 360 every single way round. And that stops a person having to stand there. So there was a lot, right. uh, there was a, the cameras capturing everything on the show, which I, I found to be amazing. And they must have really pushed that technology forward just to be able to achieve the look of this show. Mm-hmm. And it would be different if you had people with cameras, you know, tr- oh, trying to get out a shot all the time that they, they, w- they could basically move anywhere they wanted. And these, ma- uh, these robotic cameras would pick it up.
2: Well, fair enough. Innov- innovators.
1: Well, I think well, I think they are. Hmm. Have, have I told you about the uh, seven point six k screen that was at the Joshua? Show? <laughs> 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 we, which an old, in the interest that's of... an old joke where I, I just like mark out every time I, I see you two in a massive screen. You can tell
0: Tyler used to work for an LED company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so we're moving now into what I would say is the epic part of the gig. We've had the personal. We've had the acoustic, and now we're going to move into the epic. Um, I noticed, or rather sort of noticed, the fact that I wasn't noticing Clayton at this moment. He He's just not given very much camera space, and he's, he's competent, but kind of a non-entity in this gig. And I, I am just so glad that Clayton didn't carry on doing this, and that he became such a, a great force on stage in his own right later on. Anyway, for All I Want Is You, which is the next song, the crowd are fully back on board and ready for some some epic music now, and also the most accurate crowd in existence, considering that Bono gets hit by is water here. Mm. He gets drenched <laughs> in water. Um, bit just bit of larking around again. Just a of All a I ladders want ladders. is flubbing you, man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he um, flubbing. Um, he, flubbing, yeah. flubbing. 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 Yeah. Flubbing, yeah. Um, so yeah, and Bono, quick as a flash, he, he he hits back when someone chucks the water at him. He says, "All I want is in you." Uh, flubbing, you... all I want is flubbing you. Flubbing you, yeah. yeah. What, did, um, what did you guys think of, of this?
2: My favourite moment in the song is when Bono looks back at the stage at one point. There's a look of sort of like awe and wonder yes. on his face. Yeah. He just looks back and his like, mouth is like slightly open and he's just like shaking his head there so slightly. Like he's like, how the hell have yeah. I ended up here? Yeah. With all these, with these three
1: and this. And, and yeah. there's something about that going home feeling, like when we do it, when we go back to our hometown. Um, and I've moved. Uh, well, you you guys have moved a lot further away from from the whole, from our, our hometown. That's not even not that far. No, but I w- when I go back, it's like oh, I feel when I was here, I had all these insecurities and I didn't know what my future held, and now I'm here in that in that perceived future, and I'm doing okay. And it's kind of it brings that feeling of being home, mm. um, you know, to you. And I mm. it's I can't really describe that feeling, but. I think everybody gets that feeling when you go back to your hometown, Mm. when you've been... You've got to go away from your hometown to miss it. Yeah. And if you stay in it, you'll hate it. That's my my perspective anyway. So when I go home now, it's like, ah, this this place is all right, you know. I don't want to live here, but it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Checking that's what Bono was thinking then. (laughs) Um, No, but they still still have a really strong connection with Dublin because they still... I think all of them still have houses there, and they're still connected to the community.
2: Mm. And it's their, and their journey's been like decades long, and they've been around
1: the world, and they come back and yeah, yeah, yeah. In... So, so that look—that's what that look says to me. It's like, how, oh. how the hell did we do this? Mm. Yeah, and they just—they had a dream and they had an idea and they went for it.
0: And this is where I would say you get that conductor Bono coming back as well, because he's he's taking things down. Um, asking the band to build it all back up again, um, which works really well in this one. And we then get to the transition to Streets, which I've written here is, is kind of almost biblical in in scale. And I don't think that's much of an overstatement. Bono's voice is absolutely huge here and this would again be one of my one of my top five U two moments ever, the transition between All Want is you and, and Streets. So, anyone else want to talk about that before I spoil it and talk about it uh, well, I think there's
1: a great story within this song um it's dedicated to Ali and all I want is you and um, obviously I don't want to labor a point that bon- we all know bon going through an emotional time here mm-hmm. um and you know the fact that he's leaning dedicating songs on uh, to his wife Ali who he's been with since you know since he was a teenager I think it's beautiful that he's obviously leaning on those people for support and this is for her, All I Want Is You and still, like, all those years, like, even now I bet when he sings All I Want Is You, it's still about Ali. Um, but by the end of this song, the climax and the, the epic moment which everybody knows we're, we're heading towards, it's all about Bob and there's a voice clip that I'd, I'd just like us to play. Yeah, if I'll that's drop okay. it in now.
0: I buried my father yesterday and, uh in a way, for me, this is still, you know, his. It's still a send off.
1: So that's at like the transition. That that's still, you know, when when he's going into it, it's still a send off. It's still yeah. that's still there in his mind. And Bono, the clearly struggling to find the right words, and we know his fans. That doesn't happen a lot to Bono. <laughs> so um, I just think that that really brings home the power of this moment mm. not only is it literally one of the best rock moments of all time there is an immense sense of emotion and passion and I need to do this I need to get this out Bono is a singer because his dad was a singer it's all mm. tied up and "Where the streets of no name is probably the most famous song mm. uh, most people would probably say the best song and
0: just that that
1: that moment for me, just really powerful.
0: And you were looking for that clip for a while, weren't you? Who, who Yeah, I, I need to, to I
1: need to give some shout outs. First of all, I want to I want to thank Mark at I Am Jurassic Mark. I put out a tweet asking uh, for a, what I thought was a, a documentary that I must have seen a very long time ago, and I actually thought it was on a DVD. But Mark informed me that we've already played some clips actually during the show from the U2's Beautiful Day documentary. That's how it was released over here on Channel 4. Mm-hmm. I
0: think Channel 4 used to do U2 shows yearly. Well, my first um, my first experience with Slame was having it taped off Channel 4. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, um, and then Graham at Josh the Tree uh, did a lot of detective work, said he had it on VHS. Wasn't sure if he could find it, but within an hour or two, had not only found it, but put it, in the, it, put it in the machine and rec- and sent me a voice clip, and that's what you just heard. And I didn't know anybody started VHS play. I'm so impressed that this guy just had that he had everything ready to go there, and um, really really happy. Uh, Graham is really involved in the U2 T-shirt day. Um, when is that? Um, that is 25th? the twenty fifth of September. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know when this episode. We might just have missed it. Um, but uh, that that's a great event that happens every year. Uh, follow Graham at Josh the Tree, and uh, you can catch the next event if we have indeed missed this year's <laughs> my whole year. Um, <laughs> thank you very, thank you very much to everybody that responded. I didn't know if I'd made it up because I couldn't remember, and it had it, been such a long time. But you really helped my research for this week's episode. Uh, I also want to mention and thank uh, Noel McDonald. Uh, he added some context to what this uh, mystery documentary that I barely remembered. Uh, was called. So, uh, thank you guys. You're my U2 detectives, and uh, I'll be calling on you again, should I need you. Which I probably will. (laughs) You'll hear from me soon. Sounds likely. And final, finally, uh, before we get into the epic moment, that is Streets. I have a quote here from Paul McGuinness about the relationship with Bono and his father. Bono's relationship with his father was complicated and never easy. They were very alike. Although he would never say it, I think his father was enormously proud of Bono. I don't know why he couldn't tell him. Now, that resonates on a very personal level to me, uh, and I'm sure to a lot of people listening. Um, but that is the full context, I think. The encyclopedic mm-hmm.
0: context. Talk
1: to each other. As to he says Were the Streets of No Name and
0: one of the best rock moments in history. And it's capped off by the fact that when Streets properly kicks in, we have a mystery person that we have been trying to identify for nigh on 20 years. Well, we've not been trying to... For years, we've been thinking, is that... We've uh, speculated. Is that Adam in the crowd? Because it looks like Adam in the crowd. Well, it's obviously not Adam, but we think that it's Adam's brother. Purely by the fact that this is a man who looks similar to Adam with glasses on. Now, I know that Sebastian, Adam
1: Clayton's brother, is actually... um, You know, a celebrity in in YouTube circles. Um, And some of you may have met him. Some of you may know him. So, can you ask if... Uh, and we have a screenshot of this which we'll tweet out.
0: It happens at 1 hour 3 minutes 42 or 40 around there. There is a
1: mystery man in the crowd which looks suspiciously like Adam Clayton. But the and... camera's
0: so zoomed on to him as well. Like, and he's there's got... Got... no one else you would notice in that whole. He's got such yeah. an Adam y smirk as well. Yeah. Is, is it... I'm just throwing this out there just in
2: case anyone, you know, any of your listeners might know about this. Is it possible yeah. that that is Adam? No, superimposed. Adam's brother is on the stage the whole time, which is why we're like Adam looks a bit funny in this. No, (laughs) I don't
1: think so. Um, Let's see if. But yeah, if if anybody knows, if anyone knows Sebastian Clayton, um, just just yes or no would do, really. Yeah. Uh, If If you you are Sebastian Clayton, and if he wants to come on the show and and tell us, um, tell us, or have an interview and talk about his involvement in the band over the years, then uh, Sebastian, you're welcome. Uh, So this were the streets of No Name. Finally, truly epic scenes. Um, it's a spectacle, it's emotional. Hometown heroes, returning sons. Um, there's no better version. There's no better build. Bono, well, I think Paul starts this song Ugh. and when he runs around the, he runs around the stage so and becomes Bono. Nude Bono. Nude, nude Bono, nude, nude Bono starts, the, starts, the, the, starts at the well, end that'd of the stage. That would be a very stage. different image, wouldn't it, when he's <laughs>
0: running around the stage, flapping about everywhere. And
1: I think there's a, a rebirth into Bono. So he's 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 Paul, having a very naked emotion, mm. and then he runs around the stage, and it's straight back into Bono, straight back into Rockstar. Would you what, say there's you say it it it's a, it's a, a gentle, it gentle
2: transition? Or would you say there's one point where he, boom?
1: No, I would say gradually he's, he's uh, it's a gradual, yeah, yeah, gradual transition. It could only be more perfect if he wasn't wearing glasses at that moment, and they just the materialized on his face. No, he just running. gradually put them back on as he's running around
0: um yeah <laughs> Ma- mad what else <laughs> yeah. um the only thing i've got to say about this as well is you know i always know it's the love heart um thing that he does and um the angela merkel thing kind of yeah yeah exactly yeah the um the, the heart and it almost seems like bono is taking off at the end of this song you can feel him almost like levitating off the stage when he's doing oh, that ele- should have done that during elevation He said levitating did i yeah Okay. Uh, well, it's, yeah,
2: always in, involving the occult. <laughs> so, good right.
0: one. Well, there we go. Uh, Vinny, <clears throat> what's the next song that we've got coming up after uh, after Where the Streets Have No Name? Is that all we're going to say about it? I've not got anything else to say. It's amazing, but we, it feels like we've gushed anyway.
1: Right. right. If I had to, if I had to describe Euphoria, yeah, that's what it would be.
0: There's only two of us here. though, Tyler. <laughs>
2: And next up is "Pride in the Name of Love."
0: I don't really see the need for this song in this gig. I skip it. Really? Well, wow. I have skipped it. You know, I... invite the wrath of um, George McCauley and a few other of our listeners who are, are passionately oh. against our boringness with uh, our boredom with. Uh, I, I don't with Pride. want to
1: excite George too much, but a few <laughs> years ago he did tweet us and say, "I can't wait till you come round on this song," and it might be happening for me.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. That's because you've been listening to a lot of Of Fire recently, isn't yes. it? Yes.
2: That's quite recent, though, because I, I, I remember you having a bit of a moan about Pride within the last three months, I'd say. Yes.
1: That's
2: actually quite recent. Yeah, the last
1: couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks. Yeah. Hmm. I've had calls to go back and um, re-listen to that album, and I, 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 stand, I, I stand by some of what I said in, in our review. It's a great album. There are just two songs that I can't... Ah, just ah, I just can't get on board with it. Pride is overplayed, but it's vital here.
0: Yeah, fine. I think they
1: see it as the first hit.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, um I guess there's a few different candidates for that title, but um it's, I, I would say New Year's Day, but I think U2 themselves... So I would say Sunday Bloody Sunday was the first hit.
1: I, I think U2 themselves think this is when they became, oh okay, this is who U2 is. Mm. There's an identity of U2 yeah. with with Pride in the Name of Love. Adam's bass is incredible at, uh, at Slane. Mm. Um, maybe it's just my sound system, but I really noticed I. I powerful the bass was. He's dropping in bragging about your sound system. Though. No, no, it's no, it's not worth bragging about, but it, I just noticed that. Um, yeah, you can't deny that the crowd love this song.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not denying that. I'm just, I wouldn't love it as much as them. Um, I really like the solo. I think it's a really good version of the solo. Uh, very simple, but amazing solo. Basically about four notes, but it's the way that they're played. It's about the effect on them. Um, and yeah that I've not got very much to say about it at all. no, it's a pretty standard version they but they play it really well yeah right yeah. Give me well the the blue sky this is a very interesting version of this song, I would say. we've got a stinging solo from edge and I just I think I wish I could hear the words a little bit more in this version. I think some of the words you can't hear as as well in 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 other versions to be honest. but apart from that. Yeah, this is um, where I
1: feel like the show goes into that elevation mode. This feels more like the the, the story the tour was telling. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who you know? There's a woman's voice at the start of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know who that is? Nope. It's Sinead O'Connor. Oh, well, that makes sense. So she does the mm-hmm. intro effectively to Bullet on this on this tour. Yeah. That's very haunting. Yeah, is, Sinead O'Connor is someone I've never really... I, I don't think I could name one song.
0: Nothing compares to you.
1: Well, I, 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 I know that song, but I, I couldn't have told you who, who sang it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like Sinead O'Connor might be someone we should look at for Tummel eventually. She's got well, very deep ties with the band.
0: Yeah, and as I was just about to mention, those deep ties stretch all the way back to uh, the mid-80s where she collaborated with Edge on the song "Heroine," which um, features on... Captive! <sighs> now, um, this is something that is going to get done, okay? I am going to watch Captive at some point, I'm gonna, even if Tyler doesn't watch it with me, and um, I'm going to do a film review of it, and then I'm going to review the entirety of the album Captive. Can, Vinnie?
2: I, can, I, can, I, can I show my ignorance? What is Captive? Oh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> dumb. Vinny had, he's, he's, absolutely he had a thousand-yard
0: stare in his eyes. Then. He had no idea what I was talking he's about. He's completely glazed over. Captive was a film from the mid '80s. Didn't do well. Gangbusters, no. Um, but the <laughs> but the in- the entire soundtrack was written by The Edge, and um, a lot of that soundtrack made it onto a lot of my chill out playlists when I was at uni. They're world famous, aren't they? Your your chill out playlist. Oh yeah, um, yeah. subscribers. And- off the chart, yeah. Off the chart, off yeah. the chain. Seventeen as in the chart at all. <laughs> yeah, completely <laughs> off it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, yeah, so so um, uh, that's a work in progress, and I, I will get round to captive. Don't worry, it's it's going to happen at some point in the future. Bonner's jacket changes in this. He goes to the leather and gold trim. You thought I was being
1: boring. Um, I would like to point out that in this particular song, um, either
2: Ed starts half a second late or Larry starts half a second early.
0: Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The is drums that. kick in and it's
2: like, boom! Like the, the, the guitar and bass drop in like, maybe after that, the drums. Maybe outside. that
0: dissonance is purposeful to, it cut, might to encapsulate the dissonance of American culture in guns. Be, yeah. It could be a technique. It could be a technique that's being It could used. be using, well, they're using what's called a
2: technique. That, that light. You're <laughs> <laughs> you dumb. You talking amongst <laughs> very right, Go on, go on, then, Tyler.
1: Um, that light that Bono uses, they really make this a. Prefer- is that LEDs? No. <laughs> what is it if it's not LEDs? It's an old torch. It's a, I don't oh, know what oh, what, what for, torch? So what's that. If it... oh, no, no, I don't know what candle of torch it is. You, mean, you, must, must, know, you it, must know what it, what That's it is. That's how you measure torch brightness, you fool. <laughs> well, you're the expert. It's lumens. I'm not an expert. Don't abuse us like just because oh we don't know as much sure as you about lumens. LEDs. it's lumens. No. Yeah, it is. Is it ever lumens? No, you try buying a torch in lumens.
0: I've never been to the you buy torches I'm and everywhere. candles. The, power, the to the power of how torches many candles? And candles? Do you realize how crazy you sound?
1: Fine, I, I don't, I don't care. I'm right anyway. What I'm trying to say is they make a they make a huge spectacle of this this um, song. Otherwise, maybe it doesn't need to be in the set, but they make this uh, vital performance, mm. and it's pretty much the only time in the show where they're really making the political statement that message of the Elevation Tour, their anti-gun
0: message. I just think it's much more resonant in America. I think going to America, as I said, I'm sorry if I'm boring people by repeating stuff. Well, It's been a while, to be fair, since we we did uh, the Boston review. Going to America and telling people that gun ownership is a negative thing, taking on the NRA, there's probably even fans in the U2 audience who who disagree with that or or find that a bit of a. You know, it rankles them a little bit. So I, I think that this is a really brave thing to do in America, but in the UK and Ireland to say gun well, ownership is bad, it's kind of like, yeah, we know. You no, know, well, it's because it's like, they, they list
1: the, the, the largest traders in guns, hmm. and the UK is one of them.
0: Good point. You know, mm-hmm.
1: so yes, there are. Uh, guns are a lot more commonplace in America, mm-hmm. but we're we're on that list as well.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's
1: a message to be sent. To, it's the message to be sent. They're not singling out America. It's not an it's not a message to America. It's a message to uh, to the people that might not in nations that might not realize that their nation is one of the world's largest traders in guns.
0: True. Yeah. Fair enough. I just think it's more resident in Boston, but I, I get that it's important here as well, and I definitely wouldn't get rid of it. Um, no, but they they make it a spectacle. They make it worth
1: seeing, and you wish you'd seen this kind of version of Bullet in the Blue Sky, and that that torch where shining it on the audience. It's just it's just it's such a simple thing to do, mm. but it's so powerful. Yeah, so, uh, so I really I really enjoyed this, and uh, this this show reminds me of liking songs like Pride. <laughs> oh, that was a sw- that was a swerve. Pride. <laughs> no, no, like like is, in- is That, piece, that like- wordplay. No, like oh, like in Pride and like liking <laughs> the blue sky. I think which one of the sequels
0: is called Simba's Pride?
1: Actually, I'm just keep yeah. on talking while Joy and Vinny talk amongst themselves. Um, I, there are songs that I feel have been overplayed, but this show reminds me of a time where I enjoyed seeing them. That's my point. <laughs> oh, it. it was yeah. a good point, You've well made. Blubber blubbers.
2: We're getting into uh, don't no, swear it, at me like that. We're, we're getting into
0: <laughs> over two hours worth here. Um, and you can tell the wheels are falling off. So let's uh, sink back into an old classic, with or without you. Now, to me, this feels like there's three ending songs in a row. Um, and at least Bono's quite honest about it. That you know when he when he, he he says, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but he says, let's not bother doing that thing when we come back off and go back on again for the encores. One with or without you, and what. Um, Walk on. Feel like three ending songs. It, it's like they did the ending three times. Um, so, yeah, it's it's fine. It's not a version of With or Without You that. And I, I know I know there's some good stuff in here, and we've got um, we've got the uh, the addition of the um, is, it, is this where Tyler where they do the um, where he does the will shine like stars in the summer night. Yeah, yeah, that bit that moment in itself is beautiful, hmm. but. To me, this is a great version of the song, but not the definitive version. They all kind of blend into one, though. It is difficult. Yeah, yeah he doesn't pull the lady up on stage as well this time. Good thing, bad thing? It um,
2: annoys me. I, really. Well, yeah, I'm sort of I'm all right with it overall. I think, but like, I totally get the cringeworthiness and potential sort of awkwardness of doing that. Mm. I, I always hesitate if I'm ever showing anyone Boston. I. Even though I'd be like, whether without you at Boston, I don't like showing them that because it just it yeah. just raises instant sort of what the what's he doing, yeah. Which I t- which I totally understand. Like I'm sympathetic to it probably because I like, yeah, you too, and I'm okay with it, and, you know. But um, yeah, I don't miss it. I don't miss it in Slane.
0: and it's it's a song that because of its um ubiquity, you it's it's easy to make it just feel like okay, yeah, and they're doing this again, and you miss the rawness of actually hearing it live. I, I do have to remind myself of the song that being there live. It's a it's a phenomenal thing to experience. It's a great song to experience, um, but on DVDs after hearing it so many different times, it's, it's it's a difficult one.
2: It's like the curse of like having a classic song, isn't it? It's like yeah, everyone's got it so deeply embedded. i just like okay,
0: and you forget how weird of a song is it is in its construction because it has no consider it's from the mid '80s. It it is a ballad but doesn't have a stupid huge solo. It just has very simple.
2: Yeah, it doesn't really have a mid range. It's just like bass and like high mm. hums. High, like edgy.
0: Yeah, that infinite guitar kind yeah, of yeah. Um, being being sort of um, spectral in the background. Mm. What, do, what do you think, Tyler?
1: Um, I think it's spectral. I don't know if how I'd describe that. It, it's kind of like a. I don't know. I, I feel it's like like an emotion running through the. Through the song, I don't know if I see it as spectral though, like an astral silver thread. Astral might be better. I think. I think this is um, this is one of my favorite versions. But I, I do question. I, I do compare it with, with Boston, mm. like, like you guys. I suppose um, the scale of this, the the fact that the, the whole audience is blue, um, yeah, really stands out to me. And it, sure, they look, It looks like Smurf Bono. But I'm kind of totally on board with that. You know, like, this this song, is if this song has a colour, it's blue. You know, it's, it's it's a blue song. It's a song about not being able to live with or without somebody. That horrible yeah, got in-between space. And, yeah.
0: and I guess, again, we are going back to, although this is a romantic song at its heart, um, it possibly conjures up again that relationship with Bob, the idea of you know, not being able to live with or without someone. Uh, I think that could come into it here. So
1: regarding whether Without
0: You, Steve Lester says um, "whether Without You includes the wonderful
1: shine like stars in the summer night um, and he describes the the kaleidoscope background. Hmm. Now, um, I, I'd i never really considered that background. I, I, don't, I didn't see it as a kaleidoscope. What do you see it as, Johnny?
0: Well, I, first of all, I don't really see it as background. What you two did, and again, Willie Williams is a genius. Here is they started to think about how they could use if they were going to scale back things from pop, how they could use the crowd in the stadium as a surface itself. So they had mm. those um, projections that would go all around, either lyrics or the starry, um, astral sort of projections that were going on there. Um, it's, it does feel kind of kaleidoscopic in the way that it all moves around in front of you, um, and. It connects everybody.
1: Yeah, it does. If you're physically part of the show, then it connects you to the show in a, in a much deeper way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Steve here describes it as mind blowing, and, and I think it probably is. Uh... I think
0: being there would make a big difference as well. Like, I think if you... Oh, I think you'd be
1: completely in the moment yeah, of that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, penultimate track now is one. Why is Larry so happy at the back? He's because the really, show's nearly over. He's yeah. really, sm- he's like a Cheshire, Cheshire cat, and I, and it's like I, I I was watching it, and I had this teacher's voice in my head going, "I'm watching you, Mister Mullen." Like just he's like he's misbehaving at the back and just having a laugh with Adam, and uh, I don't know what's going on there, but I'd like to. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably my favourite version of one ever.
0: Really? Yeah. I've got very few notes for this version, and. I, I, yeah, why is it so good? I mean, because of the "Heroes Coming Lord" bit. Yeah, 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 and and and, and that's a strong part. We were discussing uh, the
1: other day how rare it is to get the "Shine Like Stars" "Whether We Vote" version of "Whether We Vote You" and the "Heroes Coming Lord" version of of one.
0: All our Christmases.
1: But no, I I, I would certainly want to hear. And it's it's a geeky fan thing, but I would look. I the versions I want to hear. And uh, I, I, I. Someone said on Twitter. I um, and I agree. It's um, it, this could make a grown man cry. The hero's coming, Lord. Bit mm. and I, I completely agree. Let's
0: find out who that was, so we, um, so we don't tantalize them and not give them a name check. So Vinny, it's up to you to oh, fill. Oh, Steve again. Oh, no. <laughs> Steve
1: again. Wow, this is a St- Steve, Steve. really loves this. Uh, this. Uh, this uh, DVD, as I'm sure many of you do.
0: And are we making sure that um, that we're differentiating the Steves here, because? Steve, we also, that's Steve Lester, yeah. Yeah, but we also have Steve Donaldson who says, uh, when I think of that tour, I always think of how drained Bono looked for obvious reasons. It I think certainly
1: cheap. in Boston I would agree with that, but here he yeah. he looks a little healthier. But I think at the, Bo- at the time of Boston he was flying to and from America. Yeah. Um, he would come back all the time. He would come back to, to London because Bob was in hospital. Not, just,
0: man. In hospital i in hospital in London.
1: Sorry, this is a minor yeah, point, but like...
0: Yeah. And yet it's he, just... and yet he puts in such a shift at this show that yeah, even
1: though um... he never wanted to let the fans down, and it would have been so easy for them to cancel the tour, mm. like uh, any other band in that circumstance probably would have done. But the dedication to his band and to his mm. uh, his
0: audience—it's the same as when incredible. Edge had um, family illnesses, in you know, and, and they they decided that the amount of people they would disappoint and not just the fans but also people working for them um it's tough decisions but i think i think overall they sh- they should stand by them um and yeah despite bono does look um a bit drained and a bit pale the passion's there in it and it, it it carries through um but i still don't the, the note that i've made about one here is that adam is just standing still with his arms folded for quite a while <laughs> So he's just holding on to his bass with his arms. Well,
1: as Larry said in the past, it's like he's sometimes he's got to remember to look interest when, interested when Bono was talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally just wants to play the drums. Because but there's some guy talking and preventing him from yeah. doing that very thing. But imagine, yeah, imagine
0: <laughs> as great of an orator as Bono is, is it'd be like hearing your mate tell the same story in a pub like tenth night in a row, and you're like. So Have ever it's... told you about the time I went to the pub and they'd completely run out of crisps? Well, wow, Vicar of Dibley. Right? <laughs> uh, guys, seriously, if you're at home and you've got to this part of the episode, we're so far over two hours. Um, we've got Tyler making references to the Vicar of Dibley. Vinny doesn't know anything about you two. <laughs> yes, that is, that is an unkind. Unkind. Well, Vinny, what's the last song? What do they finish on then? The last song is Walk On. Wow, he does know something. For Epic. Him, huh? I just I <laughs> well, what, what do you, what do you think about this song then, Vinny? Uh,
2: I love Walk On, both at Boston and at Slane. I just absolutely love it as a finishing song. Mm. Um,
1: would you get it tattooed onto you? I wouldn't get it tattooed. What? What, they're what they're do you mean? The song? The whole song. Yeah, they're, like they're the metaphor. Or just the symbol, you know, something like that. <laughs> uh, no, maybe not. What, might... what do you think of people that do?
2: I think it takes all sorts, this world. And, uh, <laughs> if... well, no judgment, <laughs> mealy way of saying nothing. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, no, I love it, I think it's brilliant, and I love the sort of like, I don't really call it, the sort of gap, gaps at the end there's it's just like a strum and like it sort of lifts for a minute and Bond's got his arms out and the tech mm. starts rising up the, yeah. the stage and stuff. That's beautiful, yeah. that, that gets me every single time. Um,
0: one thing you don't notice about the show is how it gets, um, from the start, we mentioned elevation, you know, house lights, house lights up and simple, mm. simple, simple, nothing but the band on stage. By the time you get to the end of the show, you've you've had these uh, projections, you've had the LED show, you've had Bono with the torch, and it, gets, it does get quite complex by the time the show finishes, which I think is an interesting thing about um, it sneaks up and you don't really notice it on the Elevation Tour, that by the end it does reach this epic scale and gets to a higher level of complexity. And the main thing that I noticed here was there's a big yellow light that happens, and I just thought, is that a nod to lemon, or am I, am I just reaching? It's a big sort of circle thing. It's a very. It's just at one point, it's a really strong, big yellow light, and it felt very lemony to me. Although, mm. to be fair, it could be green or red for all I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah, the things with like the cam, you know, like the camera, you know, showing the. The lights. Normally, traditionally, the ca- a cameraman would be instructed to avoid the lights. You show the lit, the lit up space, but you don't show yeah, the it's light. Like
0: Michael Bay's directed this. There's so much lens flare all the time.
1: But I like that because if you're in the audience, you would see the lights. You wouldn't just see a perfectly lit up scene. You, yeah. you would get, get the glow. and And the fact that they kept the shots like that in just adds to that feeling for me. Um, I feel the, my only criticism of this song is I feel like they could have milked the build up into like the final chorus a little bit more. Yeah. They, they seem to c- um, come in a little bit too soon for my like. Where Bonner's sort of like. Yeah, like, but they could have milked it and up, yeah. really built it up. and that's twice as long or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's my only criticism of this song. Beautiful song. I hope we haven't lost it. For obvious reasons, it's got connotations with. Things we won't go into. Just now. Red-
0: rededicate it though. Just in the same way that they, it's have... in the
1: liner notes of the album, mate.
0: Yes, but 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 what, am I missing something? The Anson to thing. Oh, okay. So, oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: yep. The fact that they've taken songs on, they accrue a different meaning over time. Is like like the whole Ultraviolet thing. Who would have known in, in 1991 that Ultraviolet would become somewhat of a of a feminist song now? You know, it, it doesn't. I knew. I, I was one, but I knew. <laughs> um. So maybe they'll they'll dedicate it to something else. Maybe, I don't know, Black Lives Matter or, or some other cause that is important that, that we need to you know walk on and protest for, that kind of thing. On I, a slightly... I, I, oh, go on, sorry. No, sorry. No, well, this is totally prosaic <laughs> and boring. Um, I'm literally just going to say, Bono breaks a string in this song. Uh, it seems like he breaks a string because he gets his guitar replaced. I just think, why bother bringing it out? Did anyone miss anything? Why not have a spur yeah, guitar? Nothing missing. Well, yeah.
1: Why? Why do you have to? Why have a spare guitar?
0: Or don't bother playing the guitar because, like, when he goes out, n- nothing is missed. <laughs> like, just <laughs> let the play yeah. guitar. <laughs> nothing is missed. I've
1: said this before, but when Bono's got a, a guitar in his hand, it groans him. If it stops yeah. him from wandering around, and if, I think sometimes he needs that. If you played that song to someone who didn't
2: know you two and said, "Like fifty quid, if you can tell me when Bono loses the guitar and gets it back." Yeah, exactly. No one just would, just no the audio, would. you wouldn't know. Yeah. this no one would. Know.
1: Um, I. In this setting, "Walk On" is as good as any song they've played on that show.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that, and, and it yeah.
1: stands up. That's why, I suppose. In conclusion, I see this as a best of show. That's why I don't don't see it as part of the tour, because I, I I think there was less of an emphasis on the songs from the album. This was a big. One off, okay. Then two off show, um, and it, I think it's chock full of greatest hits. And I that's the way I've always seen this. But again, I came to this album when these song this this show when these songs had been released. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you have got your timestamp of like. I got yeah, I wasn't era, into like, YouTube. I was into right? YouTube yeah. before this show. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Though.
0: Mm. I think that that
2: makes sense to me. On the walk on thing, though, the, the meaning for me, I didn't actually really know about that meaning. That the the link of the meaning for walk on. But for me, it's always been, Mm. I've always seen it as like a sort of, just a sort of, a life perspective sort of song. Like It's a sort of, you know, don't get too invested in, you know, sort of like existential, like framing of a life sort of thing. Like don't get too invested in.
0: Leaving stuff behind that doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. And like, and you all die one day. So it's like, you've got to leave it behind. So it's like. Yes. Yeah. So I I think that's my naive interpretation of the song meaning. (laughs) Mm. I think think it's a really nice. Yeah. I think it's a really nice ending to a a gig as well. Because it's got like a sort of. Sort of uplifting message, sort of sort Definitely, of like positive yeah. message. Yeah.
0: Walk on, walk walk yeah. on through the designated gates, leave the premises. <laughs> Don't car start any fights please. <laughs> against the
2: car parks. Please go directly to the car park. Be quiet. We've all had a good day. <laughs> a Let's not ruin it now. It's a residential yeah. area.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Craig Farley on Twitter. We're going to get some Twitter questions in here. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he says obviously the performance at this one is better, but I personally think. The Boston setlist is better. What do you guys think?
0: Mm. As a setlist, I prefer Boston because it's got some absolute highlights in that you just, these days, like, imagine if we'd have gone to see you two on the past few times we've seen them and they played Gone. Mm. I, my mind might have run out of my ears. I, I, <laughs> like, I, like, that is such a good song. And seeing it on Boston and having Edge's little tantrum as well, that, that's what I want. And. Just I, I I do like heavy U two. I like it when they're trying to be a bit heavier. So gone the fly, better set list for that me. version of the fly is awesome. Yeah, absolutely tip-top, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so I, well, think, I think the set list was probably better. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sorry, I thought you were
0: going to move on, Vinny. Which is Um
2: bad. I like well. You you mentioned the out of control being swapped for. Um, I will follow. I think mean, that's one benefit of this one. One, one good thing about slain, but I do prefer that's Boston. true.
1: I do prefer Boston overall. I think yeah. 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 I think I that. Think so, the, the, what we're trying to say there is if we had to choose between the two set lists, which show would we rather see? Based on set list alone, it would be Boston, the Boston set list. Yeah. But I, I, I couldn't turn down a ticket to this.
0: Yeah, the, the vibe at Slain would be so strong because mm. of all the different factors that were involved in it. So, yeah, that's a different question, I guess. Which one would you go back to see? Uh,. I don't know. <laughs> how could
1: you not go to
0: Slay? How could you not
1: just what that has become within the within the fandom? That so banged his mic. I got I got, I got I got so far into this episode about doing it, <clears throat> right. But like, how could any U2 fan not want to go to this show? Benny. Give. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, now I agree. Like,
2: as if you were giving it on paper, if if, if if before the two gigs had been played and you were given the choice you'd obviously choose Slain.
0: alright magic ticket which one are you going to one word answer uh, Boston actually for me did you hear I said one word Tyler Slane Boston and and Amazing. that's it no th- you're right <laughs> think
1: about it right the after, the after party in Dublin after this True. my god the question is which after party you're going to you get magic back after the gig I don't care head to Temple Bar you'll find people that were at this gig you, like and the mm. national team has, has just got through to the World Cup, the, the package of this day—that's not part of the deal. Of course, it is. Well, that, uh, what?
0: what I, 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 so I'm going back to this day, but that hasn't happened. Of course, it has. So in this time travel scenario, when are you actually leaving? Yeah, this
1: time travel scenario, 20? where you want to
0: change everything about
1: the day? Of course, I'm going going back to the first of September, two thousand and one.
0: That's, what, that's what's happened. I was saying that the gig starts, like your magic ticket, you, you, you hold it and you get transported. The gig ah, right, starts right, and the right, gig okay. ends. Like, like in your mind, you're just living in 2000. <laughs> well, surely we get 24 hours though. Wait, 2000, 2001? 2001, yeah. 2001,
1: yeah. Quite uh, a fan. Uh, let's do yeah, the rest Johnny. of the Twitter comments. Thank you for your Twitter comments and questions. Yeah, cheers, guys. Steve Lester again. I love, I love the, I love him. Thank you, Steve, for listening. Uh, he's he's wanted us to do this for so, for so long, and he's like, as if you don't know, my this is my favorite recording kick ever. The opening, the set list, the camera angles, setting, visuals, crowd, um, uh, and running. What running? Does he mean the running around the? heart yeah. maybe Poss- possibly. Um, are just perfect. Uh, watch this gig time and time again, testament how, to how wonderful it is. Absolutely epic. So uh, I, I think I agree. This is it's something I've not engaged with a lot over the past few years, but mm. definitely with my early days of fandom, this this solidified me as a U two fan.
0: But what's also surprising is we have made it very obvious how many times we watched Boston over and over and over again um, on rubbish VHS recordings and things, and yet this is. A gig from the same tour, and we've watched both the gigs so many times. That's a testament to how good Slain is, and also how good Boston is as well. And um, the fact that you can rewatch them, very similar set list overall percentage wise, and yet we could watch them time and time again and still enjoy them. So that's pretty good. Um, do, do do we have a favourite track from this show? New Year's Day. Benny, walk on.
1: Walk on i i mean you've named two that i i I would happily name (laughs) um i think new year's day because it really puts me back to when i first Mm. when i was it makes me feel exactly the same
0: possibly the best version of new year's (sighs) day ever yeah um so i said walk on uncharacteristically quickly then because there's about four more but yeah walk on what will be your other candidates then
2: uh all i want is you it's beautiful streets is amazing I really do like Bowie's guy. The, this the
0: transition into streets is is a top, would be a top contender there. Yeah. Uh, so long time fan, Iceman at Boom right here.
1: I was going to say at Boom right there. Mm. I wonder about that. Anyway, um, where do you rank this live
0: version of All I Want Is You? Very highly because of the transition into streets, um, and Bono seems to have such a meaningful way of saying, you know, I dedicate this to my beautiful wife. Like it seems like he like he means it, obviously he means it, but you know, yeah, it seems very properly heartfelt, not just a, a throwaway thing of like, oh yeah, mention the spouse.
1: That version for me is so good that I never want to hear it live. Because nothing can compete. <laughs> no, yeah, nothing can ever top that. And if they if they play it and do, then fine, but I think the chances of them equaling this or bettering it it's it's so slight and I think maybe that's why it's fallen into a bit of obscurity uh, and, and you're kind of unlikely to see All I Want Is You these days
0: I think All I Want Is You is that it suffers from the fact that it is so well constructed of a pop song there's no fat on it and it's simple it's fallen into that category of it's very easy to cover which mm. many people have in a very boring poppy direction we did it yeah well I'm naming no names but our, <laughs> our version isn't very good <laughs> I was 14, give me a break. <laughs> I guess I guess I could drop in, actually, do you know what, this is a, this is a little bonus nugget. Um, at the end of the episode, what I'll do is I'll drop in a little, a, a, a short, I'm not going to put the whole thing on, a short sample of Tyler and I, and Vinny. And Vinny, yeah. And Vinny, who's Vinny. Who's been... You
1: guys were 16, I was 14. Um, Still are. It's not very good, but I think because of how young we were. It's.
0: I think it gets a pass. Yeah. Considering we were recording it with mediocre equipment, um, you know, as long ago as we did, I'll drop it in and you can see what you think about it. So if you want to hear I've not, it, I've not. Uh, our this band,
1: I, 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 our, yeah. our band name was Daylight Surrender. Good name. Still yeah. stand by that. Uh, Vinny, your thoughts on this version of All I Want Is You? Uh, again, I think it's.
2: I couldn't imagine a better version, really. I've yeah. I've, I've
1: re I've definitely looped this song live
2: before. Yeah. I've quint, just watched it like three or four times in a row. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, beautiful. And that that sort of um, glance that Bonner gives to the stage as well.
0: You love that glance. I love that glance. I look forward <laughs> to that glance. Great little glance. I'm going to get that as a still. I'm going to print it out for you for your birthday. On a, on a T-shirt. Or on a T-shirt, yeah. Or on, or
2: on a... I'll, I'll take whatever. On a mug, mug, mug. Whatever you want,
0: mug, yeah, good, yeah. Yeah. mug doily, uh, you know, apron. Apron would be nice, yeah. Tote bag.
2: Yeah, would <laughs> be good, Yeah.
1: Okay, so there you go. You wanted this. It's our most requested episode of all time. Thank you for waiting so long. It needed to feel right, and it needed to um, kind of come back round to us, and we needed a break from the live season. Um, although it was it was my favourite. Uh, I've, I've had a really really good time this week rediscovering this DVD. Um, and I can't believe I've gone so long without watching it. Do you feel the same?
0: Yeah, and it was great to go back and just just delve deeper into something that has been a part of my YouTube, I don't know, makeup or identity—a touchstone the of history. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the best way of putting it. Um, even just, even just watching the clip of that policeman telling the fans <laughs> lining up, "Go home. There's no tickets left." Yeah. You know, and and how to see the demand for that. And I think one of the standout moments watching this gig back was. There's a moment, I can't remember exactly when it is, but you see the crowd absolutely jumping. It's yeah. one of their faster songs, I think. You see them jumping and the, the camera's zoomed into this crowd and it looks like Glastonbury, you know, when um, someone amazing and high is on the one, one of the popular DJs. One, yeah, the Fat Boy Slim or someone like that. <laughs> and then um, the camera zooms out and you realise this isn't the front row. It's not even the second row. No, yeah. It's the third row yeah. of a, a huge gathering of, depending on your view, eighty to ninety thousand people, and to get a whole crowd moving like that is is incredible. You know, four people, couple of bits of wood, couple of strings,
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: couple of couple of things to hit. You know, done. Vin, is this is this your like peak for you two fandom? Do you think? What do you mean? Did This show? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Boston's still my all-time favourite. Right. It's got to okay. be, but Slain is a close... I don't even... I couldn't even put... They sort of come as a packet, don't they, really? They both they come, yeah. as a, come as I, a packet. I don't see it like that. I could... <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's right, fair enough, whatever.
1: It's <laughs> um... <laughs> entitled um... to your opinion. You're wrong, but it's oh, yeah, entitled oh, to yeah, your yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. Takes all sorts. Final question, gig or show?
2: Show. What do you mean? I don't understand the question.
1: Uh, is it a gig? Uh, let's, it, let's remind oh, everyone about oh yeah, this has uh, been this a long is, time since this was our season. feature on uh, the Story of Beauty live. Okay, um, is is it a collection of songs, or is it is it a, you know just a gig or a band playing, or is it a show where there's a story being told and a beginning, middle, and end,
0: and a thread running through it?
1: Yeah,
2: I think it's a gig, but there, there's definitely sections to it. Like we like we went through there's like the emotional section then the sort of yeah. Low, like quieter section, like he stripped back section, then the mm. sort of more enjoyable and emotional section. So there's there's a sort of there's an arc to it, but I still see it as a gig.
1: I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's not what I would call a U two show. Hmm. It's a gig, hmm. but what a gig! It's it's. I
0: call uh, it a show. It's, it's outstanding. Show. I would call it a show. It's, quote, it is a, it is outstanding. Defending defend position. <laughs> I think it's a show about about grief. Um, and about loss, and I think that 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 theme is developed all the way through in various forms. Although I don't know, maybe not through some of the songs. But Desire, I don't know where that fits into that whole idea.
1: <laughs> I think there are sections where they tell stories, and 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 but but really, it's only just not a show. Yeah. But it, it I, in my, from my definition, it would be a gig. But yeah. I mean, we've we've talked. We've talked... About bits that we think are relevant to Bob
2: that are being perceived in a different way, given what we know about what would happen, right? So that maybe some yeah. things were changed
1: prior to the gig. Or like there was some veering towards it. And joke, I can't but... even say that maybe somebody in the audience didn't know all that because, it, it, like, the whole story uh, of Bono's father's illness was uh, headline a big story. headline news in in Ireland at the time. So you mm. would have known about it. Mm. Mm. Um, but but there you go um, re- thank you very much for keeping requesting this I'm really glad I went back and found it thank you for joining us if you're still with us send us a tweet because um, I'm amazed uh, it's been a, one of our longest reviews for a very long time thank yeah. you very much to Vinny for taking the time to join us um, on another episode he's actually the third member of Review too. he just doesn't turn up he's invited to everything just he just doesn't
2: turn <laughs> he's up
0: invited just gets lost. Slash doesn't know anything beyond uh, <laughs> how to dismantle the toilet, and barely knows that. Well, um, you, you invited me. I don't know. I'm not going to come again if I'm going to get slated, Vinny. The fans wanted you. <laughs> well, I'm glad, very glad to
2: be here. Very glad to be entertaining them.
1: So yes, not thank glad you. to be here for the company. Yeah, glad shut to up, Vinny.
2: This
0: Ge- is what, shut up.
1: Don't come next time.
0: Gen- Genuinely, Vinny, thank you for coming. Yeah, I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure.
1: We appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back relatively soon. Until then, bye-bye. See you soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to Review 2, the U2 podcast. If you'd like to get in contact or for more information, please follow us on Twitter at REV underscore U2 or on Facebook.com forward slash REV U2 to you. For those rebel type guys, why not email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Review 2 was presented by Johnny and Tyler.